forth be with each and every one of you here on this Wednesday edition of the program. Along with Luke Broadus, I'm Obi-Wan Kaplowitz, ready to get you through a busy three hours talking sports with you. We've got a lot to cover on the show today. Busy day. Three hours with you today. Thanks to the Chihuahuas playing a little uh, breakfast baseball. Breakfast baseball out in Sugarland. I like it. Winning even better. Great performance by Ryan Weathers. Great performance by your El Paso Chihuahuas. And uh, that is uh, what it's all about. Are you one of those that gets really geeked out about uh, May the 4th? No, I'm not. But uh, but I do like Star Wars a lot. I mean, I grew up on Star Wars. I I collected all the action figures thanks oh, to really? my dad. Did you keep them in the boxes yes, original? I have all the boxes. I've got all the great uh, action figures. I've got even my dad's collection from the 80s. Like, he saved Get his collection from the... Yeah, my dad used to work at Kmart, like, when... Uh, oh, yeah, right on. Yeah, when he was, like, um, I guess, like, my age or a little bit older. And uh, and then he, he was, like, the manager. So he stored a bunch of, like, Star oh, Wars toys. That's worth some money. Yeah. Yes, and he gave them all to me like as a kid. So that's yeah. a cool inheritance. Did he tell you, uh, son? Don't open these. Don't play with these. These are uh, you got to just hold on to this. Unfortunately, I I didn't listen. I I mean, he would give them to me in those those perfect conditions, Steve. I uh, op- I ripped them open. Yeah, I like opened them. Kid. I played with them, and uh, they're probably way they're probably in like good to bad av- average or or less uh, condition right now. That's what happens. That's what happens. I know. I'm with you on that one. Um, Oh, we got a lot to cover on the show today. A lot to get to. Jay Jaffe will be with us. Hey, how about this? Uh, Malik Zachary is going to join us via Zoom at 5 o'clock today. One of the newest UTEP miners. Then we've got um, also uh, Jeff Erickson at 520 from Rotowire after Jay. uh, And then Bill Kuhn from the YMCA of El Paso will be with us at 6 o'clock. So, hey, I'm excited about that. Our telephone number is 505-6009. Get you right on in and through to the show today, 505-6009. Uh, we'll do a little uh, Star Wars later for you on the program. That's for sure. I also had Star Wars toys, except mine were like, I can't explain this, but when I was a kid, I always loved the R2-D2 C-3PO characters because you got to remember, when the movie first came out, I was like, I don't know, five years old, something like that, four or five. So I always wanted, when I was a kid, you know, uh, C-3PO. And then I, I just remembered that I got some like weird generic silver C3PO that wasn't even gold. And I'm like, what is this? Like as a kid, I mean, you're excited about having it, but then you realize it's the wrong color. And I don't know. I don't know if it was the knockoff C3PO at the time or if it was just I, I don't I don't know what my parents did, never questioned it, but I was always like Oh, this is cool. Oh, all right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I got something to play with. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll just pretend this thing is uh, gold and not, and not uh, silver like the actual color of the toy. How do you even play with C-3PO? Are you just walking around the Yes, like, and it, was, the it, was movable. it was movable. And that's it. I mean, he can't It was fight. a big one, but it was a big one. Okay. It okay. wasn't a small. It was like a big size. It was, you know, probably about a, I don't know, maybe a foot and a half. But even the giant C-3PO can't get in a fight or anything like that. So what are you doing? What's, why was the giant C-3PO? Why wasn't it gold? Why was it silver? That's like the uh, that other movie, like that. I forgot what it is, but that cartoon movie where it's like mm. the Tin Man, the, the, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I forgot what it's called. The Iron Giant. Okay, it's kind of like that. I never saw that movie. All right. 
Thank you. Um, but anyway, but I did have some really cool. I had the toys, too. I was like you. I had the action figures. I thought those were cool. But you see, I was always more into the droid toys than I was. I probably should have been into, like, I think I had Luke Skywalker. I think I had Obi-Wan and all that. So it was a bunch of that. You know? Yeah, that's good stuff. Like when you have all the OG characters as action figures, that's when it gets fun because you just get a couple bad guys as far as action figures yep. go, a couple stormtroopers, and then you got a whole war that you can uh, you can play in, in your head. And Darth Vader was cool too. It was cool back then. You know, back course. Those, those when the bad guys were cool. I like that. Kind of like wrestling. Yeah. I, I hear nowadays you can actually like build your own lightsaber at like Disneyland and stuff like that. Seriously? Yeah, they they do a lot of cool stuff for people, uh, you know, who are big Star Wars fans out there. Build your own and keep it. Yeah, build your own and keep it. Well, that kind of thing. That, that's cool. I like that. That sounds that sounds like a winner. Um, all right, we got a lot to cover on the show today. A lot to cover. Uh, Jay Jaffe will be joining us in about ten minutes from now. A little more than that. We'll talk about. Madison Bumgarner getting tossed today after the first inning because apparently uh, they – such a weird – by the way, okay, I'm, I have no problem with umpires. I'm friendly with a couple of the big league umpires here that are from Cruces. I like those guys a lot. So I'm all about – I like umpires. But I don't like the ump show when the umpire decides to make it about themselves. I don't know if you saw the video today, but umpire is checking Bumgarner's hand, but he wasn't even looking at the hand. He stared at Bumgarner the entire time. It's like, just, you know, don't make it about yourself, guy. Just just inspect the hand and be done with it. And then Bumgarner, like, looks up, and he's, like, staring at him. And, and then, like, the, the umpire never once looked at Madison Bumgarner's hand today. And then Bumgarner's head, something got tossed, went crazy. And, I mean, uh, again, pitches one inning, and I've, it's, it's more about the umpire than it is about Bumgarner, which is what, it's what's wrong with baseball. This was really frustrating and an awkward encounter because it's kind of like Bumgarner's looking at him like, what's going on? Like, wh- like, why are you looking at me like this? And if I'm Bumgarner, I'm getting fired up too because I'm like, what yeah. are you trying to accuse me for? Did what you see you- the video though? Did you see the umpire? He's the umpire like- never took his eyes off of Bum- He never even looked at his hands. He looked at him the entire time. It was like a death stare. It really was. It, it, it was weird, man. And they squeezed him on the home plate. There was a couple of pitches that should have been called strike. They called ball. Uh, Bumgarner was upset about it. The guy that examined his hand wasn't even the home plate umpire. He was the first base umpire. And then all of a sudden, he runs him after uh, trying to inspect it. It was the strangest thing I've ever seen. Don't make it the ump show. Don't. That's not what Major League Baseball should never be the ump show. That's what drives me crazy. Yeah, and then Bumgarner had to be res- uh, restricted by I would, know, too. Yeah, I would be fired up, too, because it's like, what did I get thrown out for? What's the reason? Give me a reason why I got thrown out for. And I, I understand why Bumgarner gave the ump a mouthful at, at the end of this. I'm all um, – listen, we'll talk to Jay about it. It, it. it bothered me, all right? So Jaffe will be joining us at 4, uh, 420. Then we got Malik Zachary at 5, Jeff Erickson 520, Bill Kuhn at 6. Loaded show, 505-6009 if you want to get into the program today. All right. Uh, there are reports from members of the TV media that UTEP has added another men's basketball player. Now, um, in case you're wondering, Shamar Gavance is the name. He's at Evansville, played with Juwan Newton. Um, listen, folks, I've, we've heard this, I've heard the same rumbling since this morning, except uh, here's my thing, okay? Number one, it's not official. And number two, the kid hasn't uh, put it out on his social media. And I'm, maybe I'm old school, all right? But as far as I'm concerned, even if you're tipped off that somebody is added to the program, give 
that individual the opportunity to make the announcement on their social media page before you go out and you break it on, on, on Twitter. And Nate Ryan, I'm talking to you, pal, because, Nate, we've had you on the show a bunch. I know you pride yourself about being an insider. I get that. I respect it. But for crying out loud, let the kid make his own decision up and then piggyback off of that. Even if you know. A bunch of us knew. But you know what? I'm, I'm waiting until the kid decides and makes it up. And let the kid have his moment. And now the moment's robbed. And that, and I don't know. That just it, it, it bothers me. I get it. I understand. You want to be the first to break it. It's all about breaking. It's all about this and that. Likes, retweets, everything else. But you know what? The kid do it. He hasn't done it yet. So if he does it tomorrow, he does it tomorrow. But everybody's got their deadlines. Everybody's got to be the first in and all that. That's what it's about. And uh, this happened earlier today. So had to blow off some steam, Adrian. It bothered me because, once again, um, you know, now when, when he does it, the reaction is going to be, oh, yeah, we already knew about that a few hours ago. That was already, that was already tweeted out. Don't do that. Let the kid have his moment in the sun. It's going to take five minutes. Let him just tweet it out, and we're finished with it. You know, the interesting thing about all this is, like, the, the, pro, you know, the thing that could be holding him up, and, and this is a zero insight, but I'm just uh, throwing this out there. The thing that could be holding this up is something as simple as getting a social media edit or, like, a social media Instagram post from the UTEP brass uh, to Givans uh, in order for him to actually post this. But we've heard this already from guys like Mario McKinney, from guys like Tay Hardy. They work with the social media team at UTEP so they can make this uh, commitment official and announce it on social media. So these things happen. They go on behind the scenes, so maybe there's some editing going on right now. Listen, uh, once again, yes, that, that could be the case. That could be the case. It's possible. So, you know, my whole thing is is that uh, if, if you're told something but the kid hasn't put it out there, like, okay, here's a better example. Here's a better example. Let's do the reverse. Jordan Ivy Curry puts out a tweet last week saying, I'm committed to New Mexico State. But the Aggies haven't released it yet. Because you know why? They haven't gotten the paperwork in yet. So technically, Jordan Ivy Curry said he's committed, but the Aggies haven't confirmed it yet. Now that should happen eventually. Maybe it's later this week, next week. I don't know when, assuming it does. But that hasn't gone down yet. So... There's, you know, and that's the thing. It's like usually the way this works is the kid puts it on social media, the the university sends out the release, and you're done. That's just that's just how it is. So now we've got um, multiple tweets because Colin Deaver piggybacked Nate because I get it. That's like Anchorman. I mean, those are the two TV stations that are rivaling each other when it comes to breaking sports news. Those two are always at each other with that. It's, it's you know, 1A, 1B with Colin and Nate. So I understand that. I really do. But, you know, um, Adrian, what can I tell you? I, I heard the same story this morning that they did. The only difference is uh, we didn't go with it on social media because we wanted the kid to have his opportunity to put it out there. And then all of a sudden... Uh, two hours ago, all, you know that 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 whole thing is uh, is thrown uh, thrown down, and, and it's and that just and that, and that 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 one that one just rubs me the wrong way. It really does because it should be about the kids. Look, they're going to come. He's going to come to UTEP. He's going to have a chance to play here this year as a grad transfer. Give him the opportunity to let him break his own story, make it official. Yeah, and he made uh, everything so far official, like his transfer from Evansville. He was uh, Juwan Newton's teammate. He averaged almost fourteen a game at Evansville last year. A five foot. 10 guard
Okay, uh, that is the one thing that uh, has gone down earlier today. So we'll see. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, maybe he'll make it official later today. Maybe he'll make it official tomorrow, Friday. Who knows when the kid's going to uh, announce that he's a minor. But, um, you know, that's uh, still to come. And I'm looking forward to seeing the artwork because chances are, like you said, it could be the artwork that's holding this thing up. And if that's the case... Uh, there are so many intricate designs that the graphic design team at UTEP puts together with these uh, with these announcements. You know, the, the players got to sign off on it. It's a big deal for them. They want to do it the right way. They want to make it look cool. I get it. You got you want to be hands on. You want to um, offer up some edits if there uh, if there are any edits. If you're a player right now, I get it. I get all these kinds of things. And for the player making that announcement, it's very special to some of these guys. So yeah, right. Uh, this yeah, I'm totally with you on this, Steve. So anyway, we'll see what happens. That's uh, here uh, on Sports Talk today. All right. When we come back, Jay Jaffe. He's going to join us. We'll talk Mad Bum. We'll talk baseball. We'll talk a little beer. Stay with us. Uh, Our guy from Fangraphs uh, will be up right after Charlie One, who's got his first traffic update of the afternoon. I feel like we've had Jay Jaffe on during May 4th in the past. I, I We have to. We've done this with Jaffe for, for 15 years, and I feel like I once asked him about Star Wars, and I almost felt like his answer was, eh, it was okay, but uh, that doesn't really, it's not that big a deal to him. You think I'm, because we're going to play Star Wars music the whole show. That's it. I mean, and the only reason we're doing it is because it's May 4th. That's it. It's the only reason. All right? It's not like we're a diehards. I couldn't tell you where any of these characters come from. I don't know the planets. I don't know the names of the aliens. I don't know uh, any of that stuff. All right? I know the Death Star. Um, I know Chewbacca. Basic stuff. I'm just not a uh, I'm not a fanatic. Let's put it that way. No, you could. I don't know, Steve. I think you could name characters if they come up. Like you'd probably know. I know Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, there you go. So uh, you've seen the Lando movies. Calrissian, but that's my time. Those are the early movies. I don't know any of the new stuff. You haven't they seen? Mean, the- I've seen them, but I don't know them. Like in other words, I've nothing. I, you, if you asked me about the last six movies, I'd be like, Yeah, they were entertaining, but that was about it. That's that's all. Yeah, I could I couldn't tell you anything about the last three. I mean, I don't even know the name of. I don't even know the name of Han Solo's son that killed him. Oh, man. Uh, Kylo? Was it Kylo what? Kylo Ren. All right, fine. I, I didn't know Spoilers that. Spoilers for everybody out there. Please, if you haven't seen this, if you haven't seen some of these movies, you probably need your head, your head examined, or you just don't care about uh, the Star Wars movies. That's it. I, I, and from what I remember, I don't think Jaffe cares. Let's find out. Jay, are you a, a Star Wars diehard, or are you like me? You know a few, uh, few character names, and that's about where it starts and ends. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure I would characterize myself as a diehard, but I know my way around the Star Wars movies and, um, you know, kind of getting a chance to revisit the uh, uh, original trilogy with my daughter, who uh, uh, has enjoyed uh, especially the first one. Um, no. you know, so, so that's kind of fun. But we watch, like, you know, my wife and I, we've watched The uh, the Mandalorian and okay. the... And the um, uh, the the uh, Boba Fett movie and I mean the Boba Fett series and uh, I did send her the trailer today for the Obi Wan series so I you know I'm skeptical about about the newer products but I also feel like I'm not like so dead set against them right. that I'm not going to participate. Then again, you were also about I don't know ten when they first came out, which is the perfect age to really get into these movies, appreciate it. Actually, you weren't even ten; you were probably about six or seven. seven. Yeah, I was, I was gonna seven. say you're yeah. not that much older than me. You're a couple of years older. So, truth yeah. is, is that yeah, I mean, you know, that's the perfect age when Star Wars first became a big thing around. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I grew up. I grew up on this stuff, and and 
and uh, you know that was it was a, a cultural moment that uh, um, you know that was really uh, pretty fascinating. I had you know we had a lot of the Star Wars figures and stuff like that. Yep. I remember. I think probably the first time I. I, I knowingly cut class was to go see Return of the Jedi. Oh, there you go. That sounds like fun. Hey, by the way, did you ever dress up as any Star Wars character over the years? I I don't think I ever actually did, but my, my kid, who, who uh, she's now five and a half, and, and for Halloween she went as Darth Vader, and she was pretty ominous. It was pretty That's hilarious. Awesome. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see that she not only dressed up, but she, she definitely started taking the role seriously when she arrived. That's good stuff. I like that. Um, yeah. All right, uh, let's start with the story that happened today involving Madison Bumgarner and the umpire. Uh, you've probably seen the uh, the video by now. Give me your take on how everything that went down. I mean, I you know, it seems like it, it, it's really tough to make Madison Bumgarner into a sympathetic character. I mean, he's not like a bad guy, but he's just kind of an honorary cuss. And, you know, for, you know, I don't know, I didn't see the specific pitches that he was griping about, but uh, it was pretty clear from the way that the umpire, Dan Bellina, was staring at him uh, while doing that check that he was just baiting him into uh, a confrontation. And I, and I thought that was, that was pretty reprehensible. Um, um so I don't know. I imagine I imagine we're going to hear from the league on this. Um, I you know I mean it was it was dumb for for Bumgarner to get to get tossed, but it was it was even dumber for the umpire to do that. And I, you know the accountability factor just. I, just he, that, there has to be something more than than what he did there. I figure that's the case too. I mean, the whole it was weird, it was awkward, um, and once again, my biggest problem is that when you when you really look at it, it seems more like Dan Bellino is the story than Bumgarner. I mean, the guy's staring at him the entire time and never looking at his glove, and I'm like, come on, yeah. there's no reason to make this an ump show. Yeah, exactly. It's an ump show, as my as as my friend Keith Law calls it. It's just, you know, the guy. You know, fans aren't paying to see umpires impose their will. They're paying to see players play, and anytime you deviate from that, um, without a good reason, you're 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 in you're in uh, no man's land, and that's that's where Dan Bellino found himself. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And um, anyway, Bellino claims that it was just a hand check, but if it's a hand check, don't you look at the hand? I mean, Bellino never yeah, he looked, wasn't at the even looking at the hand. He wasn't looking at the hand. No, he was staring at him the whole time. And that's yeah. so don't you think part of the problem is also the fact that umpires are not held to the same accountability that players are? Well, you know, I mean, allegedly they are behind the scenes, but uh, you know, we're it's it's not trans it's not nearly as transparent as 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 the discipline for players, and that's that's the that's the problem, and I think that's. Uh, really where the disconnect lies. I agree with you. I agree. Anyway, it was an interesting storyline to begin things. Take another interesting storyline was uh, San Diego today winning 5-4 over Cleveland. And in the process, Mike Clevenger back on the hill. Looked good, really, until he started to tire in the fifth inning. Uh, I, di- I didn't get to see it, but uh, I'm glad he's back. I mean, you know, he's uh, a really high-quality pitcher, and uh, I know the Padres have been waiting eagerly for him, for him to come back and uh, – um, you know that NL West race is really shaping up to be something. I mean, not only are the Dodgers and Giants uh, right at the top of the standings there, but the, but I think even the Diamondbacks, who won today, are, are, are now at 500. So you've got top to bottom. Yep. Um, Dodgers, Padres, Giants, Rockies, and, and Diamondbacks are, are 500 or better, and that's 
that's a powerhouse division. It is. And by the way, Padres are 16 and 8, which and they're up 3-1 in the 4th right now. Not bad when you consider they're doing everything without Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, it's it's impressive. I actually I wrote about Eric Hosmer yesterday and and and, and the hot start that he, that he's off to. Um but uh uh, they got a lot of guys putting up the slack there. They do. And by the way, I'm happy you mentioned Hosmer. They couldn't give Hosmer away to start the season. And now all of a sudden you see what he's uh, you know what's happened to him. Pretty interesting ultimately as to far as as the start he's on was up was hitting 400 a couple days ago. Yeah, I'm not optimistic he can keep this up. Obviously, he's not going to hit 382 all year. Um, but the th- specifically the things he's doing, he's hitting the ball on the ground a ton. He's had a lot of success against lefties. Um, he's mashing breaking pitches, which have just absolutely bedeviled him uh, since coming over to, uh, to San Diego. I'm not optimistic that the particular trends that he's showing uh, bode well for, for him to even be like all-star caliber. But right, right. He's helped the Padres bank some wins, and that's been really important uh, with Tatis out and uh, – you know, good for him. How important is the Bob Melvin factor to San Diego? Knowing they've got a guy that's a proven winner, knows how to handle a team, has that experience, and you could see that, you know, maybe a, a team like this that has a lot of vets and, and some young guys, they gravitate to a guy like Melvin. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Padres have been kind of a revolving door as far as far as the managers go in recent years, and, and you know, we, we saw that uh, uh, both Andy Green and, and Jace Tingler kind of lost the clubhouse uh, in relatively short order in what was their first managerial job. Melvin's a guy who has had a lot of success at, at other stops, particularly Oakland. Um, but, he, you know, he's, he's, he's taken, uh, uh, what's it now, uh, five teams, six teams to the playoffs, something like that. It's, you know, he's got a, he's got a very strong record, um, knows what he's doing, and commands a lot of respect. Uh, should seems like he's working well with the front office so far, and uh, um, you know the the, uh, the the Padres made a made a made a strong move in going to get him. More with Jay Jaffe as we continue, including a story about Ronald Acuna Jr. and the uh, Braves outfield. We'll do that right after Adrian Broadus in this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Thank you, Steve. Let's head over to the baseball scoreboard right now. A couple games just went final. Rays blanking the A's three to nothing. Also, right now, uh, another another couple games that went final from earlier today. The Diamondbacks beating out the Marlins on the road eight to seven. Adam Duvall hit a two-run double during Atlanta's seven-run sixth inning as the Braves beat out the Mets nine to two from earlier in Game One of a doubleheader. The Tigers slid past the Pirates three to two, and also Game One. One of that doubleheader from earlier. The Padres beat out the Guardians 5-4. Cardinals blanking the Royals 10-0. Also from earlier, Astros get it done at home. Justin Verlander with another win. They beat the Mariners 7-2. Going on right now, bottom of the sixth inning tie game. Game two of a doubleheader as the Pirates and the Tigers locked in 2-2 again at the bottom of the sixth. Bottom of the fourth inning out in Cleveland. Padres lead the Guardians 3-1. Game two of the doubleheader. This one a makeup from May 3rd. Let's go over to another game that's coming up in 
from 15 minutes from now, it'll be the Rangers taking on the Phillies. This one televised on ESPN+. Plus. 30 minutes from now, 5.05 start between the Twins and the Orioles. Also at 5, it'll be the Yankees going up against the Blue Jays out in Toronto. Let's head over to the NBA scoreboard, a doubleheader on TNT for tonight. This part of the East semifinals as Miami leads the Series 1-0 as the 76ers going up against the Heat out at FTX Arena in Miami. 5.30 tip-off for this one. 8 o'clock start between the Mavs and the Suns. This part of the West semifinals. Game 2 as Phoenix leads this series 1-0. That's a look at your Sports Center update. I'm Adrian Bratis. Adrian, thank you very much. We continue here on the program. Uh, back with Jay Jaffe from Fangraphs.com. Follow him on Twitter at J underscore Jaffe. All right. Uh, you wrote about the Braves outfield scuffling, uh, even though uh, you've got Ronald Acuna Jr. and Marcelo Zuna. Uh, given the circumstances with the Braves uh, so far this season, uh, at least coming out of the gate, you know, all that talk's been about the Mets. Here are the Braves right now, the defending World Series champs, three under 500. You tell me, is it the lack of production in the outfield that you could attribute to really their struggles? I mean, it's been that, and I think the starting pitching outside of Kyle Wright has not has 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 not been as strong as uh, uh, they had hoped. Um, but that outfield uh, entered today with the outfielders hitting uh, hitting for a 72 WRC plus. That means they're 28 percent worse than league average. Their DHs were had a 36 WRC plus, 64 percent below average. They actually got a few big hits today in that nine to two route. Uh, of the Mets this afternoon at City Field, uh, with Duvall uh, getting a couple big blows and 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 uh, Guillermo Heredia hitting a home run and making a spectacular home run robbing catch. But um, you know you've got between those three outfielders and the DH spot, that's that's you know four four out of nine spots in your lineup that are giving you less than nothing, and uh, you're not going to get anywhere doing that. The uh, the Braves are off to a 12 and 15 start. They are, um, and, and that's a that's a troubling uh, note, especially when you got the Mets at eighteen and nine right now. I mean, they're they're off to a flying start themselves, although they haven't played nearly as well as they did right out of the gate. Um, but you know, I feel like that division. You know, the the Phillies will be there, the Braves will be there, the Marlins are a five hundred team right now. I mean, other than the Nats, it, it seems like uh, despite the hot Mets start, it's going to be a pretty good race this year in the East. Yeah, I mean, I think look the other the other teams. I mean, you know, the Mets have made themselves the team to beat with with, with this start. I don't see, you know, I see a lot of a lot of flaws in the other teams. I mean, the Marlins are are barely over five hundred. The Phillies and, and Braves are not. It's you know, it's, uh, um, this is not a str- the strong division that that it's been in 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 some years past. And uh, um, you know, the Mets. It's not like the Mets can coast. But the fact that they're doing this without Jacob Degrom. Uh, is particularly impressive. Uh, I would agree with that. It's just like the Padres without Tatis. There's no doubt that there are a couple of uh, you know names that uh, you would expect uh, to be there that that aren't right now. So that's also uh, pretty interesting. By the way, uh, as good as uh, you know, some guys have started out of the gate. There's guys that have struggled. Uh, Joey Votto has really struggled oh. so far this season, and now getting placed on the COVID injured list. Oh, did he? I, I missed. I missed that part of it. But we did. We did a. Um, uh, my colleague Dan Zimborski did a piece on him earlier this week that Votto actually re- retweeted on Twitter, um, <laughs> saying he's still got five months to go here, but uh, uh, he's really struggling. His bat speed hasn't been what it was, and this is after last year he kind of remade himself uh, and and had a very strong season. Um, 
you know, he had uh, kind of sacrificed a little bit of his uh, trademark plate discipline uh, to 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 uh, sell out for a little bit more power uh, and had a big season. And, and uh, uh, this year, though, the bat speed hasn't been there, and he's just his his numbers just don't look anything like you'd expect. Uh, a major league hitter's numbers uh, to look, let alone a Joey Votto's numbers, and uh, um, it's distressing when somebody uh, that good is, is is that deep in the hole, even at this stage. But uh, you know, so I'm hopeful he comes out of it soon. There's a lot of good big leaguers that are, you know, like all stars that are really struggling out of the gate so far, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, you know, when the entire major leagues is hitting 231 and mm. uh, slugging like 360 something, it's it's. Uh, you know you're going to see some pretty bleak stats. No, you're right. I mean, I, got, I look at the Dodgers, right? They're 15-7, and seven, and uh, they're in first. But you look at some of the averages right now that they have, and, you know, Freeman's doing fine. But, hey, you've got Mookie Betts batting two You've got Cody Bellinger batting two oh three. You've got Justin Turner batting a buck seventy nine. You've got Max Muncy batting a buck thirty. Yep. Yep. It's, it, it's rough out there. It's rough all around. Do you expect it improving anytime soon, or is this going to be one of those years where batting averages are and are just way down? Yeah, offense is way down. I mean, there's you know we've already we've already started looking at it. A lot of it has to do with the introduction of the humidor uh, around around the league. It's reducing the amount of carry on balls now. Should that should pick up as as the uh, um, as the weather warms up. Uh, but this is a debtor baseball. The, yep. the uh, Major League Baseball introduced a debtor baseball last year. They did not uh, uh, uniformly use it, and they had there were times when they had uh, uh, older stock or the older manufacturing specs uh, uh, for the ball that that uh, we saw uh, contribute to the home run surge of, of the past several years. But um, you know, I think we're going to be talking about this a lot. I, I've I've been looking at uh, um, uh, no hit bids. Uh, as a percentage of total starts, starts where where a pitcher uh, carries a no hitter into the uh, into the sixth inning or later. Uh, obviously, we saw the Mets complete a uh, combined no hitter with with uh, uh, Tyler McGill last week as the season's first no hitter. Um, it's about 2.8 percent of all starts are going into the sixth or later without without a hit. That's up from about 1.5 percent uh, in the baseline seasons, almost double the rate. Um, so this is going to be a, this is going to be a tough year for offense, I think. Jay, what are you going to be writing about uh, tomorrow? I'm actually writing about the Mets rotation: uh, okay. uh, McGill and uh, Carlos Carrasco and Max Scherzer, uh, and how they're getting by without Jacob Degrom here. So that's uh, that's next on my docket here. Wrap it up, beer pick of the week. Okay, this is another one from Three's Brewing in, in, in here here in Brooklyn. Uh, this is indelible. Their Czech Lager. Uh, this is a dark European beer. Uh, it is a little bit more uh, sweeter and and uh, uh, a little bit ch- more chocolatey than uh, than your average uh, uh, dark lager. Um, certainly more uh, sweeter than your average German lager. Really light, really nice, uh, easy drinking session beer. Four point four percent ABV. Um, they've done. Uh, they do a, a bunch of different uh, uh, dark. Uh, Loggers in this vein, and and uh, including uh, uh, one that was a collaboration with Schilling Beer that I really liked a lot. But uh, this one uh, is high quality. You back on good terms with threes again? Yes. All right, that's Thanks good. To hear. That's good. That's good. Yeah, exactly. That's good to hear. You too many too many beer recommendations from that brewery, Jay. I totally understand. All right, listen. <laughs> good stuff. We'll talk to you right back here again next Wednesday. 
right. Sounds great, Steve. Take care. You too. Jay Jaffe with us. 39 past. More in a moment. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm ABC7's Eric Elkin with a news update for Wednesday, May 4th for 600 ESPN El Paso. The Federal Reserve announcing today it's increasing interest rates by a half point, the biggest hike in 22 years. It's part of a plan to slow down inflation, which is causing an increase in prices and hitting Americans in their pocket. The policies outline the central bank's strategy to cool down the economy as rapid inflation continues. That means your borrowing costs are likely about to get higher. Mortgage rates, credit card interest, auto and student loans could all increase. Meanwhile, President Biden says his administration is on track to cut the federal deficit by another $1.5 trillion by the end of this fiscal year. Bringing down the deficit could help ease pressures brought on by inflation. The Biden administration is under pressure to reduce inflation as midterm elections approach and Republicans seek to capitalize on voters' concerns about the economy. While the labor market remains strong, the Fed's increase could slow down hiring and wage growth. Americans are earning more, but they're also paying more for the basics. Gas, food, and electricity costs have all increased since last year. Well, imagine being just 19 years old and already a surgical nurse. That's a reality for Angela Lopez at El Paso Children's Hospital. She attended Valle Verde Early College, where she graduated high school with an associate degree before graduating from the Accelerated Bachelor's Nursing Program at Texas Tech Health Sciences Center El Paso, becoming the school's youngest grad. Now, still at 19 years old, she's been at her new job for three months. We'll have a remarkable story in our newscast tonight. In Stormtrack weather, Doppler Dave has issued an ABC7 first alert for this weekend. If you have outdoor Mother's Day plans, be prepared. Strong winds will gust to 45 miles per hour Sunday and Monday. It'll also be a hot one with highs this weekend in the mid-90s. But Doppler isn't expecting us to hit a triple-digit temperature just yet. Remember, you can get the latest changes to the forecast by downloading the KVI weather and traffic app directly to your phone. This is ABC7's Eric Elkin with a news update for 600 ESPN El Paso. Well, in the El Paso Metroplex, what we have is, first of all, on the east side, George Dieter, Montana, we have a crash. That's your busy intersection. That intersection is under construction with lane reductions, plus a crash here, George Dieter, Montana. Downtown, El Paso and Father Ron, we have a wreck. On the east side, Holly Springs and Woodhead, here we have PD investigating a motorcycle accident. And then on the freeway, kind of stacked up here, I-10 East at Piedras, you're almost a stop and go. You're kind of a bumper to bumper there. I tell you, said Piedras also. If you're going to that Juarez exit off of US 54 North, you're in single file, bumper to bumper. I 10 West and Mesa, the west side, heavy traffic there. I 10 West, Strawbridge going to the Juarez exit. Again, stacked up traffic here, stacks up to I 10 West. Going on tonight, there's a closure. America's northbound and southbound complete closure at Socorro intersection. Go over some more closures next break. For this update, brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon. Open for dining in and carry out Tuesday through Sunday from 11 to 8. Party trays, popular Mr. T specials. Full menu, fresh, delicious, affordable. Don't forget the delicious papillas. And uh, that's Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Remcon. I'm Charlie One, 600 ESPN El Paso. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and get you back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. 
Desert Institute of Sports Medicine, specializing in regenerative medicine, osteoporosis, back pain, concussion care, and sports medicine. Here's Dr. Sergio Alvarado. We're excited to announce the expansion of our office. Thank you, El Paso, for trusting the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine to get you back to the activities you love. Located on the east side at 2267 Treywood Suite G2, now accepting new patients. Dr. Sergio Alvarado, recognized by the Sun City Athletic Trainers Association for their STAR Award. Get started by calling 915-256-9751. If you're a business owner, you know the importance of going the extra mile for your company and employees. As a locally owned insurance agency, the Oscar Eddie at the agency understands what it means to own a business, big or small. But just one accident could lead to a big mess for the business that you've worked so hard for. Protect your business with commercial insurance from the Oscar Eddie at the agency. Big or small, the Oscar Eddie at the agency covers all businesses. For more information on commercial insurance, visit OscarArrietaAgency.com. Spring is here, which means it's time to take advantage of the Home Depot low price guarantee. We're offering the best brands at the best prices so you can take on as much as you want. Add the thrill of a great deal to the satisfaction of getting your projects done. And if you find a lower price from one of our competitors, we'll match it. Because when we say nobody beats our prices, we mean it. It feels like spring savings at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Chihuahua's baseball is back. 1-2 to Colway. Swinging a line drive to center. Peters jumps, and it's over his head! Three runs have scored. Here comes Colway! Throw to the plate. Save! Follow your El Paso Chihuahuas all season long on 600 ESPN El Paso. Every game, every play. Tim Haggerty brings you the excitement of our Chihuahuas, the AAA affiliate of the San Diego Padres. Read more, 600ESPNElPaso.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5510 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5510. Enjoy. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-989-8906 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-989-8906. That's 800-989-8906. What do you have to lose? Call 800-989-8906. Again, 800-989-8906. 
1-800-522-1606. Hey, it's Greeny. Stay tuned at 4 today for Sports Talk with Steve Kaplowitz. Back here on Sports Talk 47, now past the hour. May the 4th be with all of you throughout the show today. Here till 7 o'clock. Our number is 505-6009. That's 505-6009. Get you through to the show. I think I know why I was uh, so upset at, at poor Nate Ryan this morning, or this afternoon. I'm still mad from the Rangers' three-overtime loss to the Penguins last oh. night. I watched that whole game. And as a Ranger fan, I still feel they got screwed in the third when they disallowed the go-ahead goal, saying it was goalie interference, which, believe me, if you look at the replay, before the check took place, he was outside the crease, gets checked into the goaltender, into the crease. Kako does an amazing job keeping that puck and uh, setting up the uh, what should have been the go-ahead score in the game-winning goal with three minutes left to go. They review it, take it away from the Rangers, and as a result, they play three overtimes, and uh, despite 79 saves, Adrian, 79 saves from Igor Shesterkin, they still lose. You know, Igor played uh, absolutely amazing yesterday. Like, even though they allowed he allowed four goals, I just felt like he was the ab- – you know, yesterday – so here's how I watched uh, I watched the end of that game. I was watching Grizzlies-Warriors, which was phenomenal. I mean, just back and forth like crazy. But then I check my ESPN app, and I get this alert that says – Penguins Rangers going to triple overtime yeah. and I'm like no way like I, I gotta watch this so my eyes were glued on it it was just back and forth the crowd was going crazy and it, it really was unfortunate that the Rangers lost it was unfortunate that anybody lost in that game that was just really so emotional and so back and forth throughout the contest I've been sour since that game ended last night after like five hours and I think I'm taking it out on Ryan I really do because I'm telling you what I knew I knew when they took that goal away, they were going to lose. It's just the way things work for Ranger fans. You just haven't, you know, and by the way, Penguins should have won earlier. They hit a post earlier in, I think, the second overtime, and they didn't score. Then their their goaltender gets hurt. They got a guy that, like, uh, has played two games all season, comes in, makes a few big saves. Next thing you know, Malkin gets this tip in, which, uh, if you watch the game, Malkin's camping in front of the net. A Ranger defender is right with him, leaves, leaves him there, and then he's got all he's doing is uh, deflecting the puck past Shesterkin for the winner, and it just drove me nuts. Yeah, just cherry picking right there, and it really just shows you how competitive these hockey playoffs are really set to be. I mean, uh, you, you just look at the game ones that happened yesterday, and then the the games twos that are happening tonight. That Kings Oilers series is going to be a, a bloodbath right. on both ends. I mean, the the Rangers Penguins one that we saw last night was awesome. Blues versus Wild will be fun to see if Minnesota can try to make a run. I mean, I mean, these hockey playoffs are just great right now. With the exception of the uh, Avalanche-Predators game, I mean, this was 5 nothing after one. And and we saw the first two goals score in like the first 30 seconds while the uh, Ranger game was in between periods. Like, oh, this could be this could be a rough one. And that's exactly the case. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm still mad um, because three overtimes is a lot of hockey. That's You're playing two games. You're playing two full games if you go th- three full overtimes. That's, that's what? Um... 120 minutes of ice hockey. Man, that's that's way too much. That's intense. Like by the end, you could tell those guys were were tired, and and it was just a real. It's a testament to how athletic some of these hockey players really are to go the distance and play that long. But here's my question, Steve: After three overtimes, is it a shootout or still it keeps going? 
they could play 10 overtimes. Wow, it's there's no shootouts. When Never a shootout in playoffs. hockey. Okay. Only the regular season. Got it. Okay. In it makes the NHL, sense. you play till you're dead, basically. You drop. That's why this is why I love hockey playoffs. Number one, home ice doesn't matter. Number two, um, it, it, you have to expect the unexpected. The quality of hockey is great. Um, these guys will die for the Stanley Cup. Literally, they'll put their life on the line. That's how much it means to them. Uh, there is, uh, you could say what you want about the NFL playoffs, Major League Baseball, the NBA. In my mind, there is nothing, nothing like the NHL playoffs because the level of intensity from start to finish is just on a different level than every other sport out there. It's these guys are, and and they're tired. I mean, by third overtime, hell, they, half of them couldn't even skate. They've been some guys had shifts that were uh, over forty five minutes of ice time. You imagine? Yeah, I can't imagine that. Like that, just playing straight for forty five minutes like that, you're running on adrenaline at that point. I, I look at the playoffs and just how they're set up right now, Steve. The one thing I really appreciate about hockey is how much parity there really is from top to bottom. I mean, you could be the best team in the West, like the Avalanche, or a team who's barely getting in the playoffs, like the Stars. And it seems like on any given night in the playoffs for hockey, any team could win. And it just takes one little run for a team to actually string along a couple victories and then move on and advance in the playoffs. That's the beauty of it. That really is uh, the beauty of it. You just, you know, you don't know until you get a chance to really watch all these matchups uh, what's going to happen and, and how things are going to end. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of, uh, you know, fun stars. You mentioned stars and flames. Flames lead that series one game to none. Talk about the Avalanche did yesterday to the Predators. Uh, but then you've got, you know, series that, again, Washington and uh, and Nashville is going to be a real, I'm sorry, and Florida is going to be a really, really good series when it's all said and done. And the Penguins are a veteran team. They win 46 games during the regular season, but Crosby's still there. Malkin is still there. Guys that know how to win big hockey games. They're all still there. That's why I still look at the Caps. I mean, going back to the Caps and the the Panthers, even though the Panthers had a phenomenal season this uh, this year, uh, you look at the team like the Capitals. I mean, they they just have a lot of experience under their belt. They didn't finish with the best record uh, by any means, but they're they're a team that's scrappy. They've been there. They've won a championship. They've hosted uh, they've hoisted that Stanley Cup trophy. I, I look at those veteran teams to bring a lot here in the playoffs. I love the fact that we've got a good balance, though. It's like huge half half the teams who have a lot of experience and half who uh, are. are really good but don't have that playoff experience. I'll tell you, the series to watch is Lightning Maple Leafs. That's phenomenal. I mean, you've got two of the best players in the NHL and Stamkos and Matthews going head-to-head. These guys are scoring machines that light it up. You know, Austin Matthews had 60 goals this year for Toronto. 60! And by the way, Austin Matthews, this is the best part about his numbers, okay? He he played in Phoenix. Before he was uh, drafted. I mean, he's from San Ramon, California, but how about that story? That's a great story for hockey. Yeah, it really is. And the way that the Maple Leafs won that first game, it, it kind of made me think, man, uh, could the Maple Leafs try to distance themselves in the series? I, I think the answer to that is no, just knowing who the Lightning are when when they when you're talking about experience, going back to that, and a team that has host, hoisted that Stanley Cup trophy as well. It's going to be a war. It's going to be an absolute war. All right, so that's uh, that's fun. That's uh, for those of you that that don't get into hockey during the regular season. I understand, but you want to know something? Playoffs are different. 
give the NHL playoffs an opportunity. And I am telling you, it's riveting action. Love the fact that TNT and TBS is getting involved with ESPN. So you pretty much can watch every game and enjoy a great seat in the house throughout the next, uh, you know, next few months. All right, we'll come back. Malik Zachary will lead us off. Hour number two. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. There's nothing like hearing the songs you love on local radio with no subscriptions and no monthly fees. But there's a new bill in Congress that could stop the music. If passed, this bill would tax your local radio station simply to play the music you love. Text LOCAL to 52886 and ask Congress to support local radio stations. Help us keep you connected to the music, local news, weather, and traffic that you need each day. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Sunland Park Racetrack and Casino's Game Show Mania. Start your summer off with... Wheel of Winners! Five times every Saturday, three players spin the wheel for thousands in cash and free play. Earn entries today and be one of the 15 winners every Saturday to win a share of more than $250,000. Wheel of Winners, now through June 25th, where there's always more... Sunland Park Racetrack and Casino. Play responsibly helpline, 1-800-572-1142. How do you make the most of your land? Everyone has their way. The Nelsons depend on their John Deere Gator XUV 835R to get from point A to point B with decoys and the dogs. As much as we got going on, it's all about efficiency. And if you ask the Mosers what they use their Gator XUV 590M for, they tell you. The most fun we have on the Gator is just ripping around the property. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deer.com. Nothing runs like a deer. Welcome to Allstate, where you can save just by being you. DriveWise and the Allstate mobile app gives you personalized driving feedback. And by adding it to your policy, you can save for driving safe just by being yourself. Allstate. Here, better protection costs a whole lot less. You're in good hands with Allstate. Click, call, or visit Allstate.com to save today. Not available in every state. Savings based on DriveWise and other safe driving discounts. Savings vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. If you were hurt in a crash, it's important to act fast. Instead of haggling with insurance, just call Thomas J. Henry. Remember, the call is free and you don't pay us any fees unless we win your case. Don't leave your case to chance. Contact Thomas J. Henry today. Visit tjhlaw.com radio to start your claim now. That's tjhlaw.com radio. San Antonio, Texas. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restriction supply. See website for full details and important safety information. Subscription required. Refund available for 60 days after purchase. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 90% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to 4 slash radio. You'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the biggest brands at 90% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but 90% cheaper. It's the same medication you get from your doctor, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. Results are guaranteed or your money back. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4 slash radio. 
That's 4 slash radio for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash R-A-D-I-O. Experts in plumbing and water cleanup, your local Roto-Rooter is your one-stop plumbing business for your business. Got a clogged sink or shower drain? You can run, you can hide, or simply just call your local Roto-Rooter plumber. Connect with a plumber instantly when you call 915-400-6101. Get a free estimate and information on financing options. Available 24-7. Roto-Rooter will stand by you and your next hectic water issue. Roto-Rooter, 915-400-6101. That's 915-400-6101. Wind Supply El Paso is proud to be a preferred supplier of Master Cool cooling systems. As America's evaporative cooling choices for years, Master Cool is second to none. It's designed for the environmentally and energy conscious consumer and uses nature's refrigerant water to cool your home or business. The Master Cool family is built to last and for efficiency. The efficiency of Master Cool products means all natural cool clean comfort and low energy bills visit the find a dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com to locate the nearest master cooler preferred dealer what's in a taco avocado party pack the better question is what's not in a taco avocado party pack taco avocado catering will have everyone saying whoa this is nacho average taco need an event catered ask about the taco avocado taco party packs or nacho bar customized tacos for everyone by selecting the filling brisket chicken pork beef and vegan options too then feast on the mega chip sweet potato tostados or regular potato chips finish it off with a large dip on the side queso guac sour cream or creamy buffalo talk about the options order the taco avocado party pack online at tacoavocat.com. From hometown to national. TN El Paso Lubingo Studios. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. That's 915-505-6009. You can also weigh in on Twitter at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. That's at 600 ESPN El Paso. Excited about our next guest who uh, joins us uh, live on the hotline right now. He is one of the newest members of the UTEP Miners. Let's uh, welcome Malik Zachary to the program. Uh, Malik, welcome aboard. Great to have you, and uh, thanks so much for the time today. How are you? Yeah, how are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. Hey, uh, it's good to have you on board, uh, especially somebody whose hometown is Syracuse, New York. I mean, if you yeah. want to talk about the uh, opposite of Syracuse, it's probably right here in El Paso, Texas. Oh, definitely. It's a whole different, whole new environment, you know, a whole different scenery. It's a lot different from New York, a whole lot different. Tell me what it was like for you growing up in Syracuse where everybody is talking Jim Beheim, the Orange, and, you know, going out to the Carrier Dome, seeing what that's like, and, and playing basketball in upstate New York. Oh, it was good. You know, I loved it. You know, growing up up there, that's what we did. We played basketball. Like, we, we love sports up there because we got SU. You know, just growing up, you know, I grew up on the south side of Syracuse and uh, with my father, so we used to go to the park all the time. We used to have... It used to be like a hundred people there. The SU kids, the SU players used to pull up. So you know, I grew up around basketball my entire life. So it's a it's a good little area. It's a small city, but it's a great area to grow up in. Did you play a lot of other sports besides basketball, or was basketball it for you? Uh, basketball and baseball. Those are my top two. You I, know, I love baseball growing up. Uh, my dad played. You know, my family. My dad. My dad's uh, mother. My grandmother loved baseball, so I used to play that a lot too. But then once I got to like. Middle school, that's when I just started taking basketball more seriously than baseball. Does Syracuse have a pretty good AAU program for travel ball and players that, uh, you know, go all over the place to try to uh, showcase their skills? 
Yeah, we did. I ended up, I, I played for uh, um, Albany City Rocks, ran by Jim Hart. It's a Nike EYBL team, like uh, the circuit. So I played on that team majority of my life. Uh, so, yeah, that, and we don't have one out of Syracuse. We had, like, Syracuse Select, but it wasn't a big-time thing like how uh, the City Rocks was because they were EYBL. So that's the team who I played for. I got you. And then after that, you you did spend a a year in Springfield, Massachusetts at uh, Commonwealth Academy. Uh, Tell me what that was like for you. It was a a cool experience. You know, that's the first time that I actually uh, left home uh, young. I actually left home when I was in 10th grade. I went to St. Benedict's Prep in New Jersey. I only stayed there for the summer session, and I was so young that I got homesick. So when I moved to Springfield, that was the first time I'd actually been away from home. So it was a good experience, you know, it was a great competition being in the NEPSAC. So we played like Putnam of Science, um, Brewster Academy. So it was, it, that was the first uh, like high school showcase that I played in that was with great kids to play against. When you were at uh, St. Benedict's for that summer, was uh, Coach Hurley still there or had he already retired? Um, no, Coach Hurley played uh, coach at St. Anthony's. That's right, St. Anthony's. Mark, okay. Coach Mark Taylor. I had Coach Mark Taylor from St. Benedict's. Gotcha, gotcha. That's right. Okay, um, but I'll tell you what. I mean, that's that's it's such a basketball hotbed. I totally get it. And then after um, you know, after high school, you go to Chipo- uh, Was it to Chipola Junior College, right? Chipola Junior College. Yeah, it was a, a great experience there. You know, uh, great talent. You know, JUCO. I didn't think going into JUCO. I didn't think it was going to be like that. Uh, I had I was a little skeptical of going JUCO, but once I got there, I just seen how much the talent was at at that level it was like juco basketball is a high level like going from chipola south plains those like top 10 best jukers of all time so it was a great experience for me it was an eye-opener for me you know coming from juco we don't have what the division ones have so we all like you know we all get out the mud you know we all got that chip on our shoulder that we want to make it out so it was a really good experience you know i love that i went there and i would never i would i would go back again if i could i love i really love juco basketball Malik Zachary with us here on Sports Talk. You have been, it's so funny. I mean, you're, you're about 23 now, if I'm not mistaken, and you're like a well-traveled 23, Malik. You've been, you've been to Chipola. You've been to South Plains Junior College. You've, you've, you've had your stop at, at Buffalo. So you've been a lot of places over the years, haven't you? Yeah, I haven't lived home in probably like five years. So, yeah, I grew up young, so I had to start, you know, living on my own at a young age, you know, just traveling the world, you know. I'm not. I love that I did it. You know, it was a great experience. But yeah, it's great that I've been able to travel the world and play the sport that I love. So at Chipola, you averaged about uh, you know eight and a half points, five and a half assists per game, four boards. But then you get hurt your sophomore year, yeah. so you get the medical red shirt, which then uh, gives you that season to bring back as you as you head out to, to Buffalo. So, like I said, you know you lost one year due to um, the medical red shirt, and then obviously there was COVID too, right? So uh, that's the thing. That's why when I see you, you're you're more of that. You're, you're more of a seasoned veteran, even though you still. Have a couple of years of eligibility left yeah definitely you know that year that was a rough year for me to not be able to play you know one not be able to hear from my team you know uh but you know everything happens for a reason so you know i just took that as you know never take this game for granted so uh that year i just you know just sat you know and good thing it worked out that i had uh really good schools that wanted me in my top my final five coming out of uh, chipola end up picking buffalo so it it all worked out, but I just wish I could be able to play. 
Malik, this is Adrian over here. How would you describe the scene of New York basketball? Because we we hear from a lot of stories about, you know, we hear a lot of stories about Texas basketball, uh, of course, California basketball. What's the New York basketball scene like? It's, it's the mecca, you know, New York basketball, you know, I mean, I'm already biased, but New York basketball is the best basketball, you know. Yeah, it just, it just, it's just, I don't know, it's like, it's like everybody dogs from uh, New York, you know, we go down, we could go down to Rocky Park, we could go down to Dykeman, you know, it's just, the scene is just crazy, you know, people screaming, loving basketball, it's like, it's really a basketball state, you know, everybody loves basketball up there, it's a lot of good players, you know. So it, it, it's just different. I love it. I'm I'm happy that I'm from New York. I wouldn't want to be from nowhere else. Now, did you grow up a Knicks fan? Oh yeah, growing up, I was a Knicks fan. You know, I really was a college kid though. I love watching college basketball. You know, college was my thing growing up. So I used to watch Syracuse. I used to watch St. John's and like like. Uh, things like that, excuse like that. Yep, I understand. Malik Zachary with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Now, when people found out you were coming here, they got excited. Then they Google your name, they see a story about an incident that happened with you at Buffalo, and immediately people are wondering, mm-hmm. man, what happened there, what went down? And I'm sure for you, hey, it's something that gets brought up all the time as people start to learn mm-hmm. more about you. Tell me about, uh, ultimately, how you've been able to kind of battle through uh, what what – it was an incident that could have ultimately ended your basketball career in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it, it was a really bad experience for me. You know, that was, last year was the, rough, the, the the toughest year of my life. You know, going through that. You know, with the media thinking of me and all that type of in that whole situation. You know, I'm just happy that I got out of it, and I'm and I'm I, I wish it never happened. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry about the whole situation, but I'm happy that you know the truth ended up coming out, and you know the whole story came out, and you know. Regardless of that, I just wish the whole situation never happened. But, you know, me, I just, you know, took that as a learning experience, you know. And I'm like, you know, it's just, it's just time to, you know, grow up and just be able to uh, move past it, you know, live my life. And I just got to, God bless, I got a second chance at this. So I'm just going to take it the right way and just, you know, do what I can do for my family. Now, you mentioned that you were grateful the whole story came out. When the whole story came out, did you feel, in a sense, vindicated, especially after how the media portrayed it at the time? Yeah, I did. You know, it was, it, yeah, I did. It, it was tough, you know, but it's, you know, like, so that's why I ended up going back Juco. You know, UB took me back, but I decided that I wanted to get a, a year away from the media, you know, just to catch, get my head straight, you know, and it all worked out perfectly. I'm up to South Plains and now I'm at UTEP, you know be able to just grateful that I got a second chance at this, you know, it, it was, it's a relief and then it's a relief again and I'm back at division one. So, you know, I'm just happy that God was with me the whole entire time and uh, I bounced back, you know. Malik, you feel like you've got a lot to prove, don't you? Because um, although you've put up numbers yeah. at Chipola and South Plains, you've never been able to put up Division One statistics. This is going to be the first time you're going to see D1 action uh, as a minor. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm so grateful for this, and I'm so ready. You know, I'm coming in there with a chip on my shoulder. You know, I'm, everywhere I go, I'm a winner. And I win, like, at South Plains, we won a regional. At Chipola, we finished top five in the country. Everywhere I go, I end up winning. So I'm I'm, I'm happy to be a minor, and I know for a fact that we're going to win. Uh, we got a great coach, you know, a great point guard coming in. We got a great a whole team, great coaching staff, everything. So I'm just happy to be able to show – um, the pe- people, what I can really do at this level, and I know that we're going to win. So I'm just excited. You know, I'm ready this offseason to uh, go really hard. You know, we uh, have good chemistry with the guys. I- I'm just really excited for the uh, 
the opportunity that I have with this team and how good we're going to be this year. Malik Zachary with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. How do you describe your game? Let's start with the defensive side because I know that's what Joe Golding preaches uh, for minor mm-hmm. basketball as a head coach. How do you describe your game defensively? I'm a dog, you know, from New York. We, we, we do that. We like to get in people. You know, we, 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 we just dogs. So I'm, 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 I'm just, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. Like, basically just, I'm in you. Like, I don't like, I don't like my man scoring. You know, I'm a clap. I'm a talk. You know, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to win. They get me mentally ready. You know, stuff like that. I love, I love stuff like that. I love guarding the best player on the opposite team. You know, I'm just from New York. That's what we do. And on the offensive side, um, I know you can dish because uh, towards the end at South Plains, you're averaging about eight and eight and change uh, dimes a game. So we know you can dish it out. Um, what about your just men, your mentality as you're the floor general and uh, kind of handling the basketball? Me, yeah, like you said, I like to dish it out. You know, um, so I, I, I do whatever my team needs. You know, number one, I'm a pass first PG, but I can't score the ball if I need it. So uh, I just like to get downhill. I like because I like to get downhill. I like to really do anything. But most of all, I like to get my team involved. I like getting everybody involved. I like to make everybody happy on my team. I want everybody to, to do great in life and, you know, go forward with basketball. So I like to get everybody involved. You know, I'm just a floor general. I like every every school I went to, all the, all the, the teammates love me. The coaches love me. That's the type of person I am. You know, I just like to – I just like to um, – what I'm looking for. I just like to. Uh, you're unselfish, Malik. You're, you're unselfish. Yeah, unselfish. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, just unselfish. You know, I like to make everybody happy. You know, when everybody's happy and we all playing good, we win. So that's just the that's the main thing. I just like to win. You know, keep everybody happy, and that's what I do. Good. I'm excited about that. I think a lot of minor fans are going to be happy to hear that as well. Um, when you look at your game, uh, do you do you like to do you drive to the hoop? Do you do you have a you know your outside shot? What's your range like? Give us a little bit of, of an idea that when you do decide to uh, to get some offense going, what should we expect to see? Uh, really, I like I like to get in the paint. You know, mid range. You know, but I like to get downhill. Once I get downhill, either I can go all the way get a layup. I love throwing the alleys to the big. Or I love kicking it to the opposite side to my shooters to shoot. You know, this off season I really want to work on my three ball. I could get into the paint. I could do the mid range really well. But this off season I would love to work on my three ball so I could do that really well. So I could be a three level scorer. But yeah, basically, just I just like to get down here. I love to collapse the defense to get my other teammates open. What was your visit to El Paso like, and and what really made it uh, what made it kind of apparent to you that this was your destination, Malik? Um, El Paso, I loved it. It, it was great. You know, it, it's different for me. I've never seen anything like that. The weather's great, no humidity. It, it, was, it was perfect, you know. And just, I love Utah because the coaches, they like, I, I love the coaches. They, they, um, they made me feel like home already, and I was only there for like two to three days. You know, it was just like a, it's just nice. When we went out to eat, the people were nice. Just a nice area, and, you know. I like, I like stuff like that, and I heard it's a really good city for basketball. You know, that's what I want to be a part of, you know. Uh, coach coach, uh, coach did a really good job last year winning 20 games, and I wanted to do the same this year. And I just want to get be able to get the uh, arena sold out this year. So that's all I love, and, I, and that's what I'm, I'm trying to do. Malik Zachary with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Uh, what about the transfer portal, Malik? It's out of control. There's there's 1,400 mm, guys in there. It's crazy. As a college athlete, give me your take on how the game has evolved and ultimately how you view the transfer portal itself. 
it's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't even. I really don't even know. It, it's it, 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 The game is so much different now since the transfer portal. You know, it's just I don't even know. I don't even know about that topic. It, it's crazy. That's all I can say. All right. Uh, as, uh, you don't seem like somebody that really is getting involved in the portal. For you, just a chance to play basketball, make the most of your second opportunities, and, and that's really what it's, what it's all about, is trying to, to, to win basketball games and, and win a championship. Definitely, yes. That's all I want to do. I want to bring another chip to uh, El Paso. That's, all, that's, that's, that's what my goal is for this year. And, you know, that, that's all I want, you know, just to win. Just to win, win, win. I saw you were number five uh, with Buffalo. Is that your number that you uh, that you've uh, worn over the years? What do you have? You know, I, I was four at Buffalo. Oh, four. We got a kid, Javon Graves. That was three, but but three is really my main number. So let's see what happens. You know, I've seen a couple kids have it on their visit picture, so we'll see who ends up with it. Yeah, there's going to be a battle for three, man. There, there really is. That's, that, that is <laughs> That's a, the number. That is a good point. Uh, <laughs> yes, I know. I like that. What's your so your so uh, is four kind of your backup number? Four was the backup, but. Three is really my number. I've never every school that I went to. I I don't think I ever wore number a different number than three ever. So we'll see how this goes this year. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. All right, listen, you've been great on the show. We appreciate it, Malik. When are you coming into town? Will you be here uh, in the summer? Yeah, I'll be there before the summer. I'm not sure. I have to talk to coach about that. I'm not sure the exact date when I get there, but it, it's it's sooner than the summer. Good. We'll look forward to seeing you here, not before long, and uh, look forward to get to meet you face-to-face. Thanks for the time, and thanks for joining us on the show today. I'm good. Thank you guys so much. I'm, I'm happy and I'm excited for this year coming up. I think minor fans are excited after listening to this conversation, too, Malik. That's for sure. Getting them going, that's what it's all about, too. Yes, it is. Thank you. Malik Zachary, folks, as we continue on Sports Talk, take a break, come back with plenty more, including Jeff Erickson. He's next. 18 pass as we head to Charlie One and get a traffic update. Welcome back. 23 Pass. Sports Talk continues. Our thanks again to Malik Zachary for joining us. Oh, did you play this music because you knew Jeff Erickson's coming on? Is that why you played the Darth Vader theme? You know what? I, it wasn't intentional, but now I'm just going to make it intentional. Yes. You think this was Jeff's favorite character growing up as a kid, or you think he was like a Luke Skywalker, Han Solo guy? You know what? We wrongfully thought Jay Jaffe was a fan, maybe, uh, or wasn't a fan until he brought came up on the show. Yeah. Maybe Jeff is not a fan. Let's find out. Uh, Jeff Erickson, uh, rotowire.com for our weekly chat. Are you a big uh, Star Wars fan? Well, I mean, I was a kid when it came out, yeah, so I grew up with it. Um, I think I was seven years old and saw it in the theater oh. when it first came out. Good. You and Jeff, yeah. you're the same age. Very nice. That's something we just found out right now. That's yeah. good. You know, and the thing is, you know, I saw a great joke on Twitter today uh, from a Reds Twitter account, you know, May the 4th, and someone goes, May the 4th, and then parentheses, win, be with you today because we're uh, the Reds. Uh, so we're three and twenty right now. So cool. a fourth win would be beautiful. But uh, yeah, uh, it, I am a fan. Who is your favorite character? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I don't think I had a favorite character. I guess Han Solo, I suppose, if anybody. But 
you know, I, I, I just like the franchise. Okay. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's we just didn't know if maybe you were a Darth Vader guy. You hear the Darth Vader theme music, and you're like, oh man, you got <laughs> root for the bad guy. No, I never, I never went, I never okay. went to the dark side. I understand. Um, I'll tell you what. I'm looking at some, uh, some, some of the latest news around uh, fantasy baseball. Uh, there's a lot of guys that are just killing it right now, and Aaron Judge is on fire for the Yankees, isn't he? Yeah, he sure is. Uh, yeah, the, the contract situation is definitely not hanging over his head in a negative way. That's for sure. I agree with you. And there's a bunch of Yankees uh, that are doing well. It's not just Judge. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton's another one. That's uh, His bat's been picking it up over the last week or so. Yeah, sure has. The Yankees uh, lead the uh, lead the ba- lead baseball in barrels prevented and barrels hit right now. Uh, the bat that uh, Judge had yesterday against Alec Manoa, man, put that one in the archives. That was a great uh, batter versus pitcher. Two guys at the top of their game. Judge won the confrontation, hit the home run to tie the game at one. Uh, they got Manoa out of there and then uh, just destroyed the Blue Jays' bullpen. Didn't let it get to uh, Jordan Romano. So uh, well done by the Yankees. They're cruising right now. They sure are. Uh, meanwhile, another guy that's been really uh, off to a terrific start this season is Taylor Ward of the Angels. He's been amazing. Sure has. Uh, and we were questioning, why, can't, why aren't you playing Joe Delmore? Well, then you see Taylor Ward do what he's doing, uh, in both offensively and defensively, and we see some of the Magellan-esque routes that Joe Adele was taking on fly balls. He just got sent down to the minors. Uh, and you know, point to Joe Madden for this one here. Sometimes Madden does some crazy things like the Corey Seager intentional walk, but you know, he, he believed in Ward, and uh, he's been correct on that so far. I'm worried about Joe Adele. Uh, I really am because this is now, you know, th- this is supposed to be the breakout year, number one prospect in baseball a couple years ago. It, it hasn't clicked, especially on the defensive side. And I, I don't see a guy like this as a DH because he doesn't take enough walks. So you really wonder what's going to happen with uh, Adele's uh, value, both as a player and as a fantasy star. Oh, yeah. Um uh... You know, there, there's little signs there, the power's there, but the defense has been really awful. Uh, and, you know, even, like, you got to AAA, and you thought maybe, okay, young for the level, that explains why he wasn't totally dominant, but he never really mastered the level. So I get it. Um, I, I get it uh, that why we're, why, you know, why, why they were hesitant to give him the time and why, you know, he may have struggled. So, you know, I don't think he's done as a prospect, but, man, uh, this is certainly been disappointing he really has uh other guys uh, that are really off to a flying start uh, josh bell's been uh, a lot of fun to watch out in uh, washington and again it's the batting average it's it's a little bit of everything uh and then there's the usual suspects you know you've got jordan alvarez uh, that's uh, shook off his first uh, two-week slump jose ramirez kyle tucker um you know those guys are also manny machado off to uh, some great starts C.J. Crone tied for uh, lead league in baseball and home runs, too. Uh, really great start. Yeah, Machado had another one today. Machado's playing great uh, at a time when the Padres really need him because not as many other people are hitting as well for them. Uh, so, yeah, he, he's been fantastic. Do you think that uh, – and, and another one that I know has been, has been good over the last week or so, and it's kind of an interesting situation to keep an eye on, and uh, that's Ryan Jeffers, the Minnesota catcher. They brought in Gary Sanchez from the Yankees ready to hand him the catching duties, and then again, Jeffers uh, hits a couple of home runs, knocks in eight runs, and all of a sudden is starting to get more and more starts behind the plate while Sanchez plays DH. 
I was just going to say that I think you're, you see last night's arrangement with Jeffers catching and Sanchez DHing. I think you may see that more often. Uh, I think Jeffers is a superior defender, uh, and it seems like that that's a setup that works out pretty well for them right now. How do you like Jeremy Pena as the uh, you know future shortstop for Houston, especially the way he's been off to uh, such a great start? I like him. I like him. Um, you know, he got the day off today, but man, he he looks good. I uh, like seeing a little bit more of him, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens uh, playing time wise. Uh, but you know, he, he got a day off the other day. But all in all, this kid can play. On the flip side, there's a ton of guys struggling right now out of the gates, especially batters that are normally producing that aren't even hitting about a buck fifty. I mean, you can go down the list. I know Jose Altuve just came off the IL; he's been scuffling. Um, you've got a bunch of guys like uh, young Dylan Carlson and um, also Tyler O'Neill who went yard today, but he's been struggling. A lot of good names that are uh, off to a slow start. Joey Votto, your team is uh, having a pathetic start Ugh. to the year. Oh, uh, the worst struggles. I mean, on both sides, starting pitching and hitting, and that that's tough to watch. Uh, Dylan Carlson, I, I heavily invest in Dylan Carlson. I thought he made some pretty good advancements uh, at the plate last year, especially uh Strike zone control, and he just—he's not hitting anything hard right now. Uh, I'm worried about him getting sent down at some point here. I don't blame you. Uh, who other? Uh, what other players are you also concerned about right now? Uh, Jared Kelnick. Uh, I think when Kyle Lewis comes back, we may see Kelnick get sent down to the minors. Uh, he has not improved. Strike zone is actually maybe worse than yeah. before. Uh, I'm absolutely worried about him. Julio Rodriguez had no problem adjusting to big league pitching. Yeah, I think we can see who's the better prospect now pretty quickly. Uh, and Julio Rodriguez, I mean, you've seen all the like the Twitter overlays about how many out, uh, pitches outside of the strike zone he's been called out on strikes on. He's got a really good eye, and he's just not getting credit from the umpires on that. Uh, we, we see ump shows daily, and including missed calls, but also... You know, what happened today in Florida with Madison Bumgarner was ridiculous, too. So we're just seeing some some umpires out of control right now. More with Jeff as we continue here on Sports Talk. But first, middle of the show, let's get right back to Adrian. Bottom of the hour, Sports Center updates next. When you go to uh, rotowire.com, one of the uh, articles you can check out, Sneaky Waiver Wire Ads Week 5 Video. Jeff, you've been big on the videos uh, as as your contributions to the website. Yeah, you know, they're they're fun to record. They're quick. People uh, like the five-minute video sometimes. You know, we still stream our podcast, too, but... The number we get so much, so many better numbers on the shorter, short form video. There, it's a quick way to highlight three or four players uh, that may or may not be available in your leagues, and just quick chance to talk about some players. It's been fun to do. Neff Poppy tweets the show at six hundred ESPN El Paso. Jeff, who are the best catcher sleepers uh, during this early season? Well, you mentioned one of them, Ryan Jeffers. How about the the Royals though? They called up the kid MJ Melendez, who made his debut yesterday. He may be up to stay, Steve. Um, you know, the, you know, Cam Gallagher is out for a while. That's that, that was the trigger they got him called up. But Carlos Santana just went on the IL. Uh, they've got uh, a number of slumping veterans right now, and, and the team as a whole is just not hitting. Melendez is like one of many prospects. You know, to go pair him up with. It's going to be eventually part of the Kansas City core. You may still see uh, Vinny Pasquatino as well. Maybe less so Nick Prado. I, I'm not convinced Prado's going to be able to hit the big league level. But, uh, 
you know, they're, they're starting to show that uh, they, they've got some guys that can really help out. Uh, by the way, one of those guys that, uh, you know, Melendez got a hit today in his start, but I also know that uh, Salvador Perez is batting 167, Whit Merrifield's hitting 151. There's a couple of Royals that are really struggling right now. Yeah, as of like, I think as of Monday, Merrifield had two runs scored so far this season. I mean, you're talking about a guy hitting at the top of the lineup. He's taken a couple of walks, but it just shows how little he's hitting. Exactly right. All right, let's talk about pitchers, guys that are shining right now. Uh, since the last time we spoke to you a couple of weeks ago, Dylan Cease has been on fire. Yeah, and this one's legit, too. It's not just dead ball or things like that. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are projecting his breakout, some just nasty stuff. His control's gotten a little bit better. On Monday, he got some help from the umps. Um, he, you know, I was watching some of that. He got a couple of, you know, Dylan Cease doesn't need help, but he got it against Trout. You know, the Angels have gone on a tailspin since then, actually. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're getting like two inches off the plate, too, sometimes. That, that's awfully handy. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, but Cease looks great. He really does. Uh, just it's question for him has been control. seems like he's got that uh, reasonable, uh, you know, he, I wouldn't say he's the next Robbie Ray cause he's always better than Robbie Ray, but that, you know, he's got great swing and miss stuff. That's a good way to look at it. Um, what about Alex Manoa, what he's doing out in Toronto? No, oh, I love Alec Manoa. Uh, just, you know, he came on uh, as a rookie last year and was not, the moment was not too big for him. He stepped in right away, was dominating hitters, loved watching him pitch. Didn't get the win yesterday, you know, gave up the game-tying homer and a judge. So one run wasn't enough because the Yankees aren't allowing people to score. But Manoa's been phenomenal. If we were redrafting today, he'd be a top-three-round player. Is this the year 26-year-old Kyle Wright breaks out for good? He kind of struggled a little bit yesterday, uh, although he, got, he, he, he minimized the damage, but he didn't get the case he usually does. The thing about Kyle Wright this year is his curveball is so good, and he's throwing it more often. Uh, I really like seeing that. He's another guy cut down on the walks quite a bit. You do that, good things happen. Uh, if you're confident enough in your stuff to throw it in the zone, that's what can happen. How about Joe Ryan out of Minnesota? Joe Ryan is, uh, had a little bit of a disappointing start yesterday in Camden Yards against the O's. But otherwise, I mean, he's been dealing all year. He came over in the Nelson Cruz trade last year with the uh, Rays, uh, pitched to the Olympic team before that, and, you know, he, he looks good. looks really good. I question somehow sometimes if he's going to miss enough bats, especially if that ball gets a little jumpier. Uh, but for now, I mean, he, he's, he's an ideal guy to take advantage of things. Is Paul Blackburn legit this year out of Oakland? Because he's been off to a great start. Yeah, I'm a little unconvinced. It didn't go deep yesterday. Uh He's pitched well, and he's cut. He also has cut down on walks. Here's one of the things, uh, Steve: is you just want to get as many starts as possible, and you want really want to encourage your pitchers to just pound the strike zone. I mean, the damage that's being done has been minimized, so it just really makes sense. Don't fall behind in counts. Don't walk, guys. Just keep pounding the strike zone, and good things will happen. Meanwhile, I look at some of the relievers, the closers. Uh, Taylor Rogers is really making the most of his opportunity in San Diego. He sure is, uh, and you know, tre- being treated like a, an actual closer too. You know, that was the concern before the trade. Like, how what was his usage going to be like? Well, that's been answered uh, in a big way. Uh, he is definitely treated as the full time closer, uh, kind of like Jordan Romano in Toronto. 
It's a good way to look at it, too. That's another good one. Romano's been amazing. Up until uh, just a few moments ago, Anthony Bender looked like he was off to a great week, and then he blows a save today for Miami. Yeah, he does. Uh, he, You know, he had four saves last week, and like three of them were laborious. And it finally came back to haunt him uh, today. Guy gave up the home run uh, to pay a Pavin Smith. Uh, and, you know, last week against the Nats, he gave up two really hard-hit balls, one that went 107 miles an hour but was caught in left center at the wind blowing in. The other against Michael Franco in the ninth, hit the top of the wall in left field, was, had to settle for a single. The signs were kind of there that he's a little shakier right now. He's given up three homers. Uh, I think Dylan Floro is still going to be in that picture at some point in time. I, I think they're going to mix and match for a while. I, I, I have Bender and in a handful of leagues, and I'm going to still keep them active, but just be aware this may not last for long. All right. Uh, as far as other closers to a target early on, just looking at the way the numbers are, are going right now, Jordan Romano's got 11 saves already. That is uh, that is phenomenal. Hader, who has back spasms, has 10, and Rodgers has 9. Those are terrific starts. And then you've got Kenley Jansen next uh, with seven saves for the Braves. Yeah, uh, my colleague Todd Zola has made this point on a number, a handful of occasions that the uh, that number save opportunities correlate highly with uh, good starting pitching. If you have a lot of starting pitching that uh, suppresses runs, works deep into games, you're going to have more save chances. That's certainly been the case with Toronto and Romano. Certainly been the case in Milwaukee with uh, Hader, uh, and I, I think you know we'll see about Hader's back. Uh, Devin Williams got the save yesterday, but. Uh, you know, they, they also treat Hader as just as he gets the Dennis Eckersley treatment now. It's one inning and one innings top, one inning tops, and it's almost always in a save chance. Good point. Let's talk about uh, what you've got up at uh, rotowire.com right now, especially a lot of good baseball articles. What would you like to profile? Well, a uh, couple of things I'd like to profile. Uh, for, for one, just all of our prospect coverage now, we're starting to get into stashing season. We've seen a number of guys get called up this week. Pay attention to what James Anderson's highlighting there. Uh, Corbin Young is, uh, likes to dive into the advanced uh, metrics, did a piece on Jeremy Pena. You can check out, and of course, Ryan Roof's uh, work on closer encounters. He called both Ryan Helsley and Rafael Montero last week, uh, had him on the Rotowire podcast, and he, he even said, I hope Helsley doesn't get a save before fab period so I can get him cheaper. Sure enough, Helsley got the save on Sunday. I still think that's a mixed bag in terms of like who gets the saves for uh, for. Uh, uh, for the Cardinals, but, you know, Helsley's definitely in the picture. He's been dominant lately. I also love the NFL draft fantasy fallout that you profiled over the uh, last week or so. Good stuff from everybody really breaking things down and kind of taking the fantasy spin at it. You bet. Uh, yeah, good stuff there. Our draft coverage really kicked butt. Uh, so if you want to get a head start on your Dynasty League, you got a draft coming up soon even. A lot of Dynasty Leagues are like that. Hey, check out all our coverage there, rotowire.com slash free. Get you access to both baseball and football, free 10-day trial. No credit card required, as always. Did you send anybody to the draft last week? No, we don't do that. Uh, well, you should. Look, we were there. We could have been there. We could have been I mean, it would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. I know. It would be fun, but frankly, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're fantasy analysts. We're not reporters, so uh, it's hard to justify that. I hear you. Well, listen, keep up the good work. We appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you again next Wednesday. You bet. Thanks, Steve. You got it. He's uh, Jeff Erickson, folks, from rotowire.com, your one-stop shop for all your fantasy sports. Come back with more in a moment. 42 Pass Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso.
Nine in front of six as we continue here on Sports Talk. I'm so happy you got this music up because as it is the fourth of May, may the fourth be with you for you Star Wars fans. Uh, Adrian, in honor of our movie review, uh, what is your favorite Star Wars movie of the nine that have come out so far? All right, Steve, this is a this is a great question. Um, there are some great ones. Honorary mention for me has to be uh, the Attack of the Clones, and I think that's very. Uh, controversial to people who are Star Wars fans because they consider that one kind of like the doormat of the series. I will say number one for me is still Return of the Jedi. When I was a kid, it was Return of the Jedi. It still is to this point. Uh, That is my favorite, favorite movie. What about you from Star Wars? I love it. Listen, I'm all about Star Wars A New Hope. That was the first. That launched everything. So I'm about the classic that got it going. Plus, I, I remember, I mean, I was a kid. I was little, but I do remember uh, that movie in particular and what that did. Um, I liked Empire Strikes Back, but when I watched it years later, I fell asleep. Maybe it was because it was the one. It was the one a.m. showing of the Empire Strikes Back. But I do remember I dozed off and fell asleep in the middle of the movie. I, it's, it's so hard to watch a movie at one o'clock in the morning. You got to realize that it really was, and it was a late night. I think I had done had a few um, had a few. Uh, libations in me, and by the time it came down to it, that was the end. So I would probably go New Hope, uh, then Return of the Jedi, and then of the last six, I mean, it, it's nice. They completed the story and all that, but it just doesn't, uh, nothing to me holds up like the original three. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, I like Rogue One. I thought that was a nice twist because they brought in a lot of new characters. And, and I like the Solo movie. I thought that was that all was right. Cool. Uh, I, I would say, I'll be honest with you, Steve, didn't like The Last Jedi, didn't like the the, uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Really, I, I thought The Force Awakens was okay, but I was in the same boat as you were. Uh, I watched uh, that. I think it was I think it was The Last Jedi, the second one of the new, the new ones, uh, real late at night at Alamo draft house and when i was watching it i almost fell asleep like it was so long and and yep. you know when you watch a movie that late and that you're not really interested in or that's kind of you know teetering going a little sideways it's tough to finish those i'm with you on that i'm with you let's go to john as we wrap up hour number two of the show hey john what's going on hey what's up guys you are uh, john quick I'm, i know uh, it's getting towards the end of the hour but i got to get in on this draymond green thing oh good we haven't um, talked about that yeah let's get into draymond that's fine I'm going to defend him, Steve. Yes, he's a pest. Okay, he does what he does. And let's be real, it's probably the only reason he's even in the NBA. Okay, But I'm going to defend him on his comments. Not the $25 million comment, which was true, but of the cheering when he took that elbow to the eye. Um, that kind of, I mean, of course it wasn't that bad. He got up, he left, whatever. But kind of, you know, I had flashbacks of when uh, the Eagles cheered Michael Irvin. We all, all of us Cowboy fans remember that one. Um, we're, we're all fans, right, Steve? I mean, but we all know there's a line. Yeah. To cross and not cross. Um, but with that's why I'm defending Draymond. I'm glad he flipped off those fans. And well, the Warriors get far without him probably not but the fact that he did it i give props to draymond for that i don't care how much of a pest and an a-hole he can be at times 
maybe he wakes up the Warriors for the rest of this series. It's possible. I mean, honestly, I didn't think Memphis had a chance anyway. I thought maybe five games. Um, Memphis has been a nice story, been great, but I don't think they have enough with Curry and Clay to outshoot them. And I think that's what you got to do to beat the Warriors. Yeah. You yeah. have to outshoot them. Hard to outshoot, uh, hard to outshoot Steph, isn't it? Really tough. So very, very, very you, no. tough. I'm with you. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see, Steve. I don't know. I mean, I, I know a lot of people gave Draymond crap, but I, I'm on his side on this one, believe it or not. I believe it. Good for you. All right. John's on Team Draymond as we wrap up hour number two. We'll talk more NBA playoffs in our final hour, plus Bill Coon from the YMCA is still to come right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Hold you in 77. I'm 59. I don't know. I'd have All to right. do the so math. Let's see. Let's that see. would be about 13, 14 years old. Yeah, that's fair enough. Oh, you'll be 60 next yeah. year. That would be you're born in 63. Yeah. So, yeah, 14. Yeah, 14. Ah, you were perfect age for that movie. I, have, it, loved I could see it. that. Loved all the toys, loved everything about Star Wars. That was huge. Oh, you got the us. toys when you were a kid. Absolutely, man. Everybody got the toys, Adrian. Everybody got the right toys. Okay, okay. What about the lightsabers? That's the real question. Did people actually buy the lightsabers so they could like play the plastic ones? Some did, but we wouldn't buy it because they were so cheap and they were so horrible back then. We never had the lightsabers in our house. We used other things to beat each other up. Oh, we yeah. Used lightsabers. Baseball bats, sticks, yeah. you know. That's exactly more things that gloves. Yeah, we did. Uh, we 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 beat each other. We didn't try lightsabers. No, lightsabers would have broke too quick. That's true. That is true. But that's a good point. Uh, favorite um, favorite Star Wars character for you? Oh, you're 14. Were you in love with Princess Leia? No, yeah, she was cute back then. You know, of course, Got the hair. Yeah, with the hair and all. Uh, probably Han Solo. Uh, he was cool. Yeah, Han Solo was that rogue guy. You know, kind of relate to him a little bit. So, yeah. you know. Luke is good also, you know. Uh, just love the whole franchise. You know, as you said, you know, the first three stories, just was horrible made and just, you know, who cares about Jar Jar Binks? I know. I'm going to get in trouble today. The first three of the classics. Yeah, that's what yeah. That's what really got everybody going. Matter of fact, I never knew there were others until years later when they decided to reboot the franchise. I'm like, really? We, we just had three. We, we need to make another six? Well, I knew they started in the middle of the stories. Yeah. You know, and I... You know, as a great educator person, you know, I read all the books, not at all. I got you. You know, and so I knew they started in the, in the middle, but I didn't care about the other three. Okay. You could have got better than the last three, the first three that came out. True enough. True enough. And the funny thing is, is the most iconic character is probably James Earl Jones, and it was only his voice. He was, his never, voice. he was never in the movies. They had, a, they had an actor portraying Darth Vader. It was just James Earl Jones voicing Darth Vader. That's right. That and the breathing. You know, That's you right. can hear the breathing still today. The classic breathing. That's a good point. Uh, Super Summer signups are coming up uh, here this weekend. This Saturday at all three facilities, east, west, and northeast, you know, uh, we're kicking off the summer, Steve. Uh, last year was huge for us. Uh, it was right at the end of the pandemic, and everybody wanted to get their kids out of the house. They've been right. in the house. Parents were tired, and the kids were tired of the parents. And it's that way again. So we're, we're kicking it off this year, uh, 9 to 12 at all three facilities, really four, including snow. Oh, that's great. So snow's going to have the facility open as well from Absolutely. 9 to 12. Yeah, 
We got sports going on. We have to have it open. I was just at Snow a couple of weeks ago for basketball season for the, I guess that was the spring basketball that campaign. Was spring, spring I, basketball. I know that very well. Um, so from 9 to 12, what will happen at all the facilities? Let's talk about that. You know, first off, we're giving away free hot dogs. Come out, get a free hot dog, chips, water, you know, get get a little meal. Uh, we'll have some community members in there, you know, uh, talking about, you know, dentist issues and uh, uh PAT programs, all the programs in the city will have community organizations there with us. So it's not just the YMCA, it's everybody. Uh, plus, we got some great deals coming out on Saturday for, for the general public. You know, day camp is huge. And so I think if you buy two weeks of day camp, you get the registration free. And then if you sign up for six weeks, there's a discount on that. Sports will have a discount. Swim lessons will have a discount. Even membership. I think membership, what I saw we agreed to is no joiner fee and you only pay half the first month. Oh, that's good, too. I like that. You know, and so we're making it a great deal for you to come out and join for the summertime. The YMCA is for the family. You know, we're, we're the family gathering place with the pools and the programs. People need to come out and take part. Are you still doing a lot of virtual programs since that was big during COVID and you talked about how many of your members were enjoying the virtual sessions? We are not. People's come back. You yeah. know, uh, we're, we're still doing a little virtual aerobics classes for those that are a little still skittish about that. But even yeah. our seniors have come back to the facilities. That's and, good. And, and really take a part of everything, drinking the coffee and visiting with their friends. They've missed everybody. I know. First off, you have three facilities, four if you count snow. Um, I still hope that I hope the Y keeps growing. I really do. I hope that one day the Y builds a multi-complex uh, basketball volleyball court, so like kind of like the big ones you'll see in California. Yeah. Let's get us six to eight courts. Let's just have everything so you can bring out of town tournaments, and the Y really can cash in on all that stuff too. Would love to do that. In fact, the old YMC in Amarillo, my son's working for. Was old YMCA, and they've done that. They turned the whole facility into a basketball, volleyball facility. Have they really? And in Amarillo, just, Texas. In Amarillo, Texas, and they are going gangbusters. I believe it. I believe it. So now is that the actual Y running that, or is that no, separate it's, entity? it's a separate entity. They the just y, took the Y building and converted it into right. a, a basketball, volleyball complex. Right. The Y went out, went out of business in Amarillo and... Uh, turned out, we're not going to do that. By well, you the could way. take you could take snow and and just completely uh, redesign that and add about another four to six courts, and all of a sudden you'll have just that, and it'll be under the Y umbrella. I would Absolutely. love that. Yeah, you know, uh, we got to find the dollars here in El Paso to build that. You know, extra courts and stuff. That's true. You know, that's and that's the hardest place. We're looking at expanding, possibly downtown uh, this year, and even even i i got money guaranteed to go out far east out by horizon oh you do i do but you know it's just not enough money to build a building yet so well, we're looking at that bowling family ymca is the northeast location that's right. and then you've got uh, fred and maria loya family ymca that's the east location right. right now and then the west side one over here on north mesa and then snow out uh, out west there side drive. Yep, west side drive that's right santa Teresa. so those are really kind of your your force complex but you might go as far as uh, horizon when it comes down to it that'd we, be cool well we get a lot of kids at loya to come play basketball uh at our ymca at loya so we have a lot of people coming from the east and the far west so it's been a great program you know we we do the four pools on fort bliss they're community pools and uh, we have 10 after-school sites, so we've really just expanded so much in the last few years. So Saturday morning, you've got the day camp, 
aquatics, summer sports, summer youth programs. But would you say that of all the great deals, besides just the hot dog, the drinks and the chips and see the facilities, membership, membership. is really, if you want membership, this is the time to cash in on it because it only happens once a year. Absolutely. When you're a member of the YMCA, sports is only $20 instead of the $90 you spend, George, uh, Steve. I don't know why I called you George. That's okay. You George call whatever, Lucas. Call, call me whatever you want. George Lucas. Okay. How, uh, but, you know, so it's a, it's a huge cost savings for the family, and the families come in. They got youth programs for like five bucks, swim lessons for like 30 bucks. You know, so if you're a member, it all gets a lot cheaper. I understand. Bill Kuhn with us, Executive Director, YMCA of El Paso. Let's talk about Lady Dye's YMCA Charity Golf <laughs> Tournament uh, coming up on Monday, May 16th. You know, we got a golf tournament coming up. We've got four teams left. $600. If anybody interested, they can call 532-9622. We have four teams. We have two flights, Steve. You're playing in the morning flight at 8 a.m. I'm playing in the afternoon flight at 1.30. How's your golf game? At, I Is work like a mine? whole lot. Yeah, I, so it's like mine is what you tell yeah, me. Yeah, I work a whole lot, and I laugh a lot when I go on the golf course. Sounds exactly like mine. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, how come we have the Lady Dye's name? Tell me about that. You know, our sponsor, uh, Lady Dye, it's really her name is Diana, and she used to be a member, uh, staff and member of the YMCA, but it's her, his administrative assistant, and he just wanted to call it the Lady Dye, and that's what he uh, – Lovingly calls his administrative assistant, and so it's a Lady Dive tournament. So we're talking about four teams left, folks. Is this for the afternoon or the morning? Only afternoon left. So, so morning is sold out. Congratulations there. 36 After- teams sold out in the morning. We Good. have 32 done right now, so we're waiting for the last four teams. One thirty on Monday the 16th. That'll get going for the afternoon. Uh, 600 bucks will get you in. Uh, you could win two tickets to a Raiders game. Uh, as far as a punny, uh, as far as a putting contest goes, you also have prizes for second place, first place, longest drive, closest to the pin. There's even a ten thousand dollar cash prize for a hole in one. That's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely, you know it's and it's a fun. It, it helps us provide scholarships to those in El Paso that cannot afford a membership that they want their families to come out and become more healthier. There's also a chance to win crank drivers, and there's going to be a silent auction as well. What are some of the silent auction items we're going to have at the you golf tournament? You know what? I haven't seen all of the silent auctions. Pete has got a great contact, uh, our tournament director. And I, I know I've seen Tiger Woods sign mem- memorabilia. memorabilia. That's nice. I love those words. Yep. You know, uh, Dallas Cowboy things. And, in fact, we just signed a contract with a local company to do this online. Oh, kind cool. of like what the Chihuahuas and locomotives do on their jersey sales. So the silent auction will be on site and online. Absolutely, because we have two flights. Steve, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to look at the Tiger Woods stuff, you know, and wait around till eight o'clock at night. You have to work. That's true too. So you can get a text if you bid on it. Got a ton of sponsors. Congratulations. This golf tournament's kicking. Oh, Pete has done a great job. My COO has done a great job and we've got a ton of sponsors. Uh Momentum is our title sponsor. Nice. Uh and he just he just goes out and gets all the sponsors he can. Adrian, you ever won anything at a golf tournament before? Yes, I have, actually. What have you won? So I won this, uh, it was like a closest to the pin contest out in North Carolina when I went out uh, and visited family. I was like, kind of like, they just said, hey, join this tournament. And I, I play pretty bad the whole tourney. You know, I, I'm, I shoot usually in the in the high 90s, so it's not like my golf game is great. But uh, on this one par three, I got it pretty close. And yeah, closest to the pin. It was like a 
hundred fifty dollar thing. Yeah. What'd you win? You yeah, hundred fifty dollar like ca- like cash. Oh, you won actually won yeah. cash yeah, for that. Exactly. Wow. Look at you. That's huge. Hey, can I borrow some money, Adrian? Uh, I got you, man. I, I just came to Vegas. <laughs> I just went to Vegas. <laughs> did. Adrian did well. Adrian beat Vegas. Did he? He beat Vegas. He left with more money than Vegas. Yes, he did, and he is proud of that, and he did well for himself. That's right. Had a couple beverages, won big in Vegas. He did good. Wow. He's going back. That's right. It hooked him. He's he's hook, line, sinker right now. Adrian, Vegas wants you because they want their money back. They do. Yeah, that's probably right. That's probably right. Bill, if you want to sign up for Lady Dies YMCA Charity Golf Tournament on May 16th, the Coronado Country Club is the easiest way just to go to ElPasoYMCA.org and click the link. Nope. Call us at 532-9622. That's because, easier. Because we're, we're getting ready to sell out. I think we had, a, had an extra team sh- uh, show up today. We'll be sold out uh, by the end of the week. Fantastic. 532-9622. 532-YMCA. Ah, look at you. Look at that. You know, we used to have a number like that. And then we got rid of it, so it's good. <laughs> make sure you keep your uh, make sure you keep that number as long as you can. Okay, all all three branches all three branches has nine six two two. Hear that, Adrian? All three branches Man. has nine six two two. Hey, can we borrow some money, Bill? <laughs> yeah, we need some money, Bill. Yeah, big time. I'm sorry, I'm raising money. I'll tell you that over there in the break. All right. <laughs> hey, listen, great to see you. Thanks for stopping in, and uh, uh, looking forward to Saturday nine to twelve at all three locations. All four plus locations snow, plus, plus snow. snow. So there's the fourth. And uh, the uh, golf tournament uh, coming up on May 16th. You have a lot going on. Uh, Absolutely. ElPasoYMCA.org. Stay busy, my friend. Good Uh, to see you. Thank you, man. Bill Coon, as we continue, let's go to Charlie One for traffic. Come back with more in a moment. Final 45 minutes of Sports Talk next. 600 ESPN El Paso. If I told you I actually owned this song on 45 when I was a kid, would that surprise you? Yes, yes. That's like somebody who's like 13 saying they've got an NFT of this. I know. Seriously, I had this. I collected 45s. I forget collected. I bought 45s when I was a kid. You know what 45s are? Smaller vinyls? Is that is my best guess? Yes. Thank God. Uh vinyl that was one song. Okay, so like a single, yeah. I guess it was a single on one end, they had the B side on the other. That's actually really cool that you had this on uh forty was forty five? Forty five. Okay, that's pretty cool. I wanna start looking for some forty fives. Me too. So I had my whole forty five listen, I had my forty five collection as a kid, right? Went to Coronado one year to show it to a class but after I had already gotten out of college. And I think I left it there, and somebody took it, and that was the end of that. My wow. all my forty fives are gone. Oh, that's such a bummer. Are you Sucks. serious? No, yeah, I had about. I probably had about fifty forty fives all between nineteen seventy seven and nineteen eighty or eighty one. This was in the middle of it, and uh, yeah, gone just like that. If you would s- sell those at our friends at all that music. Would it be, like, worth something? No. Um, I don't think I really had any uh, stuff that George Reynoso would go crazy about, but uh, it was it was weird. I was into, I was into some crazy stuff when I was younger. Disco. I, I didn't know. I was, what, six years old, five years old. Some rock, too. I liked rock. I liked disco. Like, I had My Sharona from The Knack. Had um, some cars. Some, uh, But then I had Bee Gees, um, Village People. 
I was all over the place when I was a little kid. A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. But Star Wars was in the mix. You were genreless. You, I you was. did all genres. Pretty much. Pretty much. Didn't matter what it was. I was probably into it. So, And I bought 45s. That's what I did. My dad was big on records. So uh, I had a record player as a kid and had a nice little 45 collection going on when I was about uh, five, six, seven years old. It's good stuff. Okay. So, yeah, absolutely right. 25 past as we continue here on Sports Talk. Um, we'll get back to uh, your phone calls in a moment. 505-6009. That is 505-6009. But first, I'll tell you a little story about Nada. You know, Nada was moving to another city in Texas, so she had to sell her home in Northeast El Paso. Oh, here's what she did. She hooked up with Brian Birds and his team, and an offer was received. And within a week of signing with Brian, the home was under contract for $5,000 over the lit's price. Way to go, Nada! She was so happy with her home because it sold so quickly and for top dollar, and the whole process was so smooth. And you want to know why? Ah, two words, Brian Birds. It's exactly right. And you know, to achieve top dollar for your home, you have to have that agent who can create an auction-like effect. With buyers competing for your home and driving up the price. That's what Brian Birds does of the Brian Birds home selling team powered by EXP Realty. In fact, in the El Paso area, you might not know this, but there's often lots of delays to getting a home sold with timelines not being met by appraisers, lenders, builders, and other vendors. But no matter what the obstacle is, Brian and his team, they know how to get it done. So call the official real estate agent of UTEP at El Paso Locomotive FC in the Rhinos. The only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. He's Brian Birds. Call him today, 751-1500. Hey, El Paso, have you heard? To sell your home, guarantee. Call Brian Birds. Go to brianbirds.com. 26 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. 505-6009 gets you through to the show. You can also tweet us at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. That is at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Brett Bloomquist uh, published a very interesting story today in the El Paso Times talking about the amount of money UTEP spends on women's athletics compared to men's sports. And did this in conjunction with uh, the 50th anniversary of Title IX with USA Today, looking at the expenditures from over 100 universities over the last couple of fiscal years. And it's, it's really interesting. Um, apparently, what he, what he saw was that um, UTEP spends 73 cents on the dollar for women's versus men's basketball equipment. Just use that for example. Um, he also talked about... Um, men's and women's golf as well, plus basketball. It's interesting. So here's what he said. Um, In the 2018-2019 season and the 2019-2020 fiscal years, I should say, in those years, UTEP men's basketball spent $216,865 on equipment. The women spent $102,801. Men's golf spent $137,448 $137,448 on equipment to the women, uh, 53652 So um, it's an interesting way you look at it. And, you know, he quoted Jim Center um, and, and talked about the difference. 
in terms of recruiting budgets for men's and women's golf. Talked about the Century Club, which you know is that private group that raises uh, money for the UTEP men's golf program, which they have, um, and that's something big for them. And it is interesting how you know uh, Brett looked at the money spent and ultimately you know how much money there there is spent uh, for one sport versus the other. You know, my biggest takeaway from this is private fundraising, and that's the biggest thing on this, Steve. And I thought this was a great article by Brett. He did his homework. He got great quotes from Jim Center, and I think Center gave the best explanation possible to Brett in order to for him to accurately, you know, po- point out a lot of these uh, different storylines. Like the private fundraising is the biggest thing because if you have a large donor base for men's basketball as far as private funding versus women's basketball, which might not be as big of a uh, a donor base that that kind of shows you where the money is going toward. It's not like the university is keeping keeping dollars away from men's and women's side. It's just that the private don- donor pool is much higher for men's basketball than it is women's. Yeah, that's true. Another interesting thing that Jim Center talked about with the uh, basketball shoes is that um, men wear um, wear you know basketball shoes out much quicker than, than women do. That they'll sometimes go through three pair of shoes in a season while the women will wear basketball? one pair the entire year. Really? Ba- th- this was basketball? Or I is gotta, that golf? I keep going on this. Is that golf? Let me see here. Um, well, he said tennis shoes. So I'm assuming he meant basketball, right? Would you think that's the case? Mm, I'm not. Because UTEP doesn't have a men's tennis team anymore. They used to, not anymore. Yeah. Tennis shoes the men wear out compared to the women. I don't know. I I would always, I would say basketball shoes versus tennis shoes, you know? Like, I would say like sneakers versus I would say tennis shoes. Right, right. No, that's true. Like, I I understand that when it comes to like golf. Like, I hear where he's saying when it comes to golf and the different prices there. So I want to say one thing, okay? This is really important. I know we're at the bottom of the hour, so I'll, 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 we'll, we'll get your reaction to this in a moment at uh, 505-6009. That's 505-6009. My biggest thing is this. Um, now, every single program, every single program has its own fundraising arm. That's huge that UTEP's done. So you can give to any particular program. And the fact is, if you give more to the uh, to some of the men's programs and the women's programs, well, they can raise the, they'll have more money in the budget for uh, for these kind of things. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think the one thing that uh, that Brett really highlights in this is the fact that there really needs to be more uh, women's uh, women's just scholarships available at UTEP. Knowing that UTEP is 54% female and women make up 40% of the athletes. 43, right? Yeah, 43% of the athletes. That that really shows you that I, I think you you'd want to try to see more scholarships down the line for women athletes. I, I think that's a, a a quick solution in in terms of a long term problem. I, I think. I agree with that. And it's not just UTEP. It's all college athletics. We'll talk more about this story in a moment, but it is the bottom of the hour. Let's get back to Adrian and one last Sports Center update. Here, Adrian, as we continue here on uh, Sports Talk. Steve on Wrestler with a couple of good tweets. The disco version of the Star Wars theme went platinum as a 45 in 1977. I shoveled snow on the block to earn money to buy it when I was 10, only to have my older brother take it when he went to school out of town. Great, great tweet. Steve on wrestler always money. Yeah, I'm telling you, I had that one too. So it's uh, it's funny, and I, if I'm not mistaken, 
Um, that was a big that was a big deal. I mean, like I said, uh, platinum in 1977. So it's weird. But as a four year old, I was buying. I mean, I was buying 45s. That's yeah. the way it was. Wow, that, that, a nice throwback here on Sports Talk. I love it. Yeah, I'm too. Steve Von Russell's got a few years on me, but the fact is, yeah, it was a big deal back in those days. Big deal. Anyway, um, our telephone number, 505-6009. As we continue here on Sports Talk, I, I do love the fact that uh, Steve Von Ressler had to shovel snow to earn mo- in, in Minnesota to earn money to buy it. Now, remember, in those days, I think 45s were like probably like 3 bucks a pop. Okay, okay. So, so pretty, pretty inexpensive. No, but you probably got, you know, 50 cents for shoveling snow here. For, you, know, you go to six homes, and then suddenly you get enough money to buy that 45. That's about right. So you had to grind for that. Okay. Did. Yeah, I get you. In 1977, you know, shoveling snow didn't pay you 10 bucks. You had to work your butt off to try to get that. That's, a, that's, that's tough stuff. Yeah, that's a... Maybe that's, you got a quarter. Maybe you, had to, maybe you had to shovel snow and you know for 12 or 14 homes to get enough money to pay for that 30, that 45. Man, maybe he was having to wake up early and do stuff like that, and then uh, only for his brother to take it away in the end. Do you have any... Did your dad give you any of his uh, his records from you know, his record collection? Ha- I'm sure he has 45s lying around somewhere. It was... They... they uh, my sister took a lot of the vinyls that that uh, my family had, so she's she's more of the vinyl enthusiast. Oh, really? Yes, she oh, okay. she likes all the you know she's got classic music and she's got like Broadway Showtime type uh, vinyls, but she's mixed it up with like the rock vinyls that my dad passed down. Oh, that's kind of cool. So yeah. good, good, good mixed bag since vinyl has come back and made such a big uh, big comeback. I yeah, like that. that's right. All right, um, uh, back to this UTEP story for just a second. Um, you know. Whether it's roster size or, or other things that uh, when you when you talk about, um, you know, I don't know. Do you think we're ever going to get to a point where we're going to see an equal amount of money spent between men's and women's sports for for, for UTEP that has the same programs? I don't know if we're ever going to see that. Because I, truth is this, okay, and this is this is tough. But you always say to yourself, okay, if one revenue sport, let's say, brings in X number of dollars. And the other revenue sport brings in why, but you know what is so much greater than the other. Does the amount spent on the two should they be equal? That's no. a, that's such a hard it's such a hard question to explain, but it's but it, it does make a lot of sense when you start to realize that hey, some sports either have larger fundraising arms, private clubs to help raise money, or sports bring in more dollars. I would also, I think there's just a lot more to the story, like kind of Jim Center had hinted at in some of his quotes in this. There's a lot more to this story as well, like how, how much does UTEP try to, to go out in some of these other sports and get other private donors versus uh, men's basketball or football where they have donors who are coming to them saying, how can I be involved in men's basketball? How can I be involved in UTEP football and things like that? I, I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying uh, this should be, you know, uh, I guess kind of passed through by UTEP, but if you're the athletic department and you have private donors coming to you for specific donations that they want to provide, it's hard to say no and say, hey, let, well, instead of donating to football here, let's turn over and, and send it over to golf. Uh, Jim did say in the article that UTEP could add another woman's sport. Acrobatics and tumbling was one. Swimming and diving would be the other. 
Very interesting right here. Within the next three to five years that he added as well. And uh, I, I like the fact that he's being very realistic on this approach, Steve, because it, you know, by doing this, they'll create a lot more scholarships for UTEP. That's a great thing right there. So that's a, a, a good advancement into things like Title IX. But I like the fact that he's very realistic in saying that they're not in the position to add another men's sport. They need more revenue. Bottom line, they need, they need to boost that budget and, and get more revenue on their end. Here's what I wonder, okay? If UTEP ever wants to go into the Mountain West, how big would baseball be for them? Because when you look at the Mountain West, I have to see, but I would think that the majority of the schools in the league have have baseball. Yeah, I, I'm not sure on this. I, I have no clue on on baseball in the Mountain West whatsoever. Uh, just doing a quick search, UNLV atop the standings right now, Nevada, San Jose State. So, yeah, I mean, you're talking about a lot of these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven teams in the Mountain West who are in baseball. UNLV, Nevada, San Jose State, Fresno State, Air Force, New Mexico, San Diego State. Well, New Mexico makes a lot of sense because then you could have UTEP and New Mexico kind of as travel partners in the Mountain West in that case. Yeah, I think we're would, thinking real far ahead. That would be uh, that would be pretty good. Who's left? Um, let's see. No Utah, Boise. No Boise State. No Colorado State. No Utah State. No Fresno. No Wyoming. Okay. Oh, Fresno is in there. Fresno is oh, Fresno's right. playing baseball. So no Wyoming. No Colorado State. Um, who else we say Utah State's not in there? No Boise. No Boise State. Okay, so there are some schools in the Mountain West without baseball. All right, thirty nine passed. Speaking of the Mountain West, real quick, uh, they're they're eliminating divisions next year in football. They just announced that today. What do you think about that? I like it. Every conference should go like that. No divisions. Why, Why do we have divisions, Steve? Does Conference USA still using divisions next year? I don't think they have enough teams to do divisions. What do they have? Eleven? Yeah. Five and six? Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to. Hey, we, we came in fifth place on the west side. But don't they have to have a championship game? Yeah, it's just the two teams with the, with the best records. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's, how they're, that's how the Mountain West is going to do it, one against two? That's right. I like that. Me too. I, I like that format a lot. I like that better than uh, than, than you know divisions with, with um, a, an odd number of teams. I wonder why the Mountain West did that. Do they think somebody's leaving? Interesting. Interesting. How many? Uh, how many are left in football? Eleven. Mountain West. Uh, let, let's see. Uh, I, th- I think it's yeah, it's eleven. It's 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 the ones we named off plus the four that weren't there for baseball. So or three that weren't there or four weren't that weren't there for baseball. So yeah, eleven. Okay. Uh, let's see. Two, four, six, seven. Yeah. So there's uh, there's eleven. That's right. Wait a minute. What about Hawaii? Uh they're they're somewhere else. What, I thought for they? football they're there. No, are they? Are they not there? Hmm. I thought it. football. They're there. Basketball. I thought they're in the Big West. Let me look this up. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They're in the they're in the Mountain West. That's so exactly that's right. twelve. Okay, they've got twelve. So they could have they could have split it. They could have gone six and six. That's right. Interesting that they're getting rid of that. That is fascinating. All right, we'll come back and sort it out in our final countdown. Sports talk continues. Six hundred ESPN El Paso.